What's up, guys? Thank you for joining us on the Weekly Sit-Down Podcast. This is the kind of show you throw on if you just want some company or to feel like you're hanging out with someone. We mostly feature successful entrepreneurs, but in the end, everyone has a story to tell, and we can all learn from others' experiences, no matter who they are. All right, guys, thank you for coming back for another weekly sit-down. We're continuing Solar Week here. We, uh, we had Kenny Lee the other day, but today we have Brett Goldstein on the air. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having <laughs> me, man. I'm excited about this. Hell yeah, man. It's good to see you. I haven't uh, seen you since I worked for Trinity, I would think, around there. Yeah. 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 It's been yeah, a yeah. little while. How you doing? How's it going? Like, What's been going on? <laughs> it's a lot of good stuff, man. We're building something really big. Mm-hmm. You were part of, part of part of it for a little while. The beginning of it, I you think. You were. Yeah. You were. You were. Um, things are going great, man. I, I can confidently say at this point we're definitely running the biggest team on Long Island. For sure. I mean, that you know, not, not to... Uh, you know, but I definitely, I definitely think <laughs> it's, uh, it's getting pretty big. The structure of, of what Trinity brings to the table is just next level. Yeah. I mean, the outreach program and the ability to train people in the business... The hardest part of, of really being with any solar company that's still just a full-out direct model mm-hmm. is that you're basically saying there's a 30-foot high dive. Go jump, and mm-hmm. hopefully you can swim. Hopefully you'll hit water. <laughs> you know, that's the hardest part is that you'll always see, you know, there's there's so many great people and so many different companies here on Long Island and, and really throughout the industry. But, you know, the days of knocking on somebody's door, getting in their house, having them sign a 20-year agreement and, and, you know, scheduling a time for somebody to come evaluate the home and then go back and present the design, submit the building permit schedule. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's such a long, drawn-out process Yeah. that, you know, people have, have, have heard it, you know, many times. You know, there's the, some of the best door knockers in solar have cut their teeth on Long Island. Yeah, And now you're going to say to somebody that has no solar experience, really no sales experience, go knock behind one of the best guys from another company and basically get someone that he couldn't get. How are you going to be able to do that? It doesn't make any sense. And that's for me, the big thing was with coming to Trinity is is, it wasn't even really about uh, truthfully, I thought I was going to after Vivint be done with solar. You know, I just I I didn't think there was really another I I wasn't loving it as much as I was. Mm hmm. But finding the opportunity to successfully bring guys into an amazing opportunity that truthfully changed my life and have them learn the process and steps has been a game changer. Yeah, man. It's definitely... Um, well, before we get into what you're doing now, I kind of like going like in a timeline. There's kinda. an order. I got it. Okay. You know, like I want to know... I kind of know a little bit of this stuff, but like where did you come from? I know we've grown up together. Kinda. Sure. We went yeah, to school yeah. together. But kind of like... From high school, where did you go from there? I don't really know. Yeah, so that's it's, so yeah. it's it's interesting how this all kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. So my family's been in a deli catering business for sixty years. Um, that's the direction I really thought I was going to go. I've been working there my whole life. You know, pushing a broom when I was seven, eight years old, mm-hmm. standing standing on a milk crate with my little brother, doing the cash register, fighting over you know which register he'd stand at and I'd stand at. You know, it was fun back in the day. Um, so it was always kind of grew up in the managerial entrepreneurial background and, you know, always kind of was looked at as like the owner's son, you know what I mean? So I got that special treatment, which was, you know, which it was a cool thing at a young age. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, then I went to school, uh, I went to Hofstra. Well, actually my college career, I bounced around a little bit, but graduated from Hofstra and uh, 
two years in, right? Like I guess you're, you're a sophomore, right? Shoot, freshman, sophomore. Yeah. Um, I was looking for jobs on, on Craigslist or something, you know, I forget, you know, exactly where it was. And I, I just knew that I didn't really want to be in the deli business. I watched my dad get up for work at one in the morning and, you know, it's really not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was looking for jobs. I was really into the gym at that point. I still am now, but I was really into the gym at that point. And I was looking, I saw a bunch of jobs for like personal trainers and, and, and then I kept seeing stockbroker and it I stuck out to you. I, it was, it was like the only other thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was kind of weird. So I'm like, I should try that. Right. Like growing up in, you know, South Massapequa, it was like stockbroker, lawyer, doctor. Mm-hmm. I went to school for political science to be a lawyer. Goldstein. I mean, I figured I had the in <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's not, that didn't, I didn't want to do that. And, uh, you know, I was already halfway through, so I wasn't going to change my major. So I said, let me, let me try stockbroker. Right. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I called a guy off Craigslist. He said he would sponsor me for the test cause you needed to be sponsored. And, uh, I went, met with him and we clicked, he liked me and, you know, I, I thought, you know, he could be somebody I could learn something from and, uh, ended up taking my series seven, three months later. And the seven part test, I failed four of the sections, passed three, and I passed by like two points. You can, oh wow, you could pass by failing. <laughs> it was crazy. I called him halfway through the test because they give you a break. It was like a six hour test. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to pass this. Yeah. There's no way. You, does it tell you as you're doing it, like you failed this session? No, failed, no, okay. because people would just, you know, that's very demotivating, right? So yeah. they don't tell you towards the end, but I just knew I was getting like everything wrong. So I was just clicking stuff and some because I have no idea. Yeah. And I think I was 20 years old at that point, right? So I, you know, <laughs> it's a high level finance questions. So I was going through it and he's like, well, you, you know, don't bother studying. Don't bother, you know, just go finish it and, you know, see what happens. Yeah. Like, what else was he going to tell me at that point? The test was there. So I, I just, I hit the button. I'm like, I failed. No, you know, like mm-hmm. the submit button. And it said I passed by two points. So I called him. I'm like, I passed. He goes, congrats. <laughs> like he didn't expect it either. <laughs> and then there's another test you need to pass to actually be, you know, fully licensed. The Series 63, which is, uh, I forget exactly even what it was, but it was another test you needed. You couldn't do anything with just the seven. I failed that one three times. Jeez, so these, so are, these are tough tests. Oh, dude, especially if you weren't, like, I didn't go to school for finance. Like, I went to school for political science. I wasn't studying this stuff. It was just I'd go home, and my way of learning is I write things as many, because I'm, I'm much more, that's just how I learn things. So I literally rewrote the entire Series 7 book mm-hmm. on flashcards and everything, and I, that's just what I did. And uh, the 63 was like a 60-question test. So every one meant so much yeah, versus right. the other one that was 300, 400 questions, right? So you could get a bunch wrong and still still do okay, mm-hmm. which is what happened to me. So I took the 63. I failed it a bunch of times. And then when you fail it more than two times, you got to wait like three months or something to take it again. So my entire thing was kind of just dragging out at this point. But I finally passed it, got into the industry, was wearing suits and ties every day, and I kind of felt like, cool, I'm on Wall Street, right? But I was working in Long Island. Um, I would work in the morning when the market opened at 9 a.m., and then 4 o'clock it would close, and I'd go to Hofstra, and I'd finish up my day. So, I, you know, that was cool. Yeah, you yeah, it's, you were in, like, a routine. You had yeah, sort of flow. It, it was cool. You know, I'd go to school wearing suits. So I'm like, you know, oh, this guy must be doing something. But, it, you know, I was making phone calls. I wasn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't, like, all of a sudden passing tests, and yeah, I, I didn't have connections with people that were worth $100 million. They weren't, you know, it was like, here's your money, and, you know, go figure this out. Yeah. That's, you know, that's how I envisioned it, but it didn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. So uh, from there, 
I, I met, you know, I went back into the, my, my family's business because after that, it just, it wasn't really what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the Wall Street thing. I met, a, uh, I, we did the Long Island, I guess, Wall Street thing, if you will, in Garden City. And uh, I landed some clients, but, you know, nothing really huge, you know, made a little money, but nothing great. And then after I graduated, we went to, uh, I keep saying we, another mentor who I met there who was more my age, the guy who initially brought me into the business was maybe 40s at that point. I was in my 20s, you know, early 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people from high school, I feel like went the went that route. Yeah, um, maybe. I mean, it's you know, it's if you can if you can get some big clients and you can really make some money, that's that's it's it's a great thing. It's just nobody has a crystal ball, right? And yeah. and like I'll kind of tie it together as to why I made the move that I made, and you know, maybe a couple of minutes. But the big thing is, is that when I went to Wall Street, we actually got a job on Wall. Like it was a cool experience, you know, waking up at you know five six a.m. taking the train getting off on the, you know, taking the subway, getting off on Wall Street, walking past the exchange. And, you know, the energy is insane, right? That's why I don't think I'll ever leave New York because New York City is just, it's amazing. And uh, it's all right here. There's no, the end, when you're walking around New York City, especially wearing a suit and you're young, you feel like you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, that's a rare thing. Yeah. So going through that, worked there for a little bit. And then I just got, I just got very, I got very sick of it. And my fiance, if you ask her about it, she'll, she she told me, she's like, I feel like you're losing like your soul. Yeah. That's what she said to me. You weren't happy. No. And, and it wasn't the only reason people I think work there is just for money. And, Mm -hmm. and it, if that's all you're after, you're going to have a very dull life Mm -hmm. because there's no amount of money that's going to make you happy. No. How can you be happy just making phone calls all day? I mean, 500 phone calls, six hours of talk time and, and getting like reamed out if you're below that. Like it's just it's not a, it's not you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, pounding five hour energies and just it wasn't unhealthy. No, you walk. But it, the culture they had there was next level. I'd get out of the elevator in the morning and Rocky music would be blaring through the speaker system. It's kind of like Vivint in the beginning. The, it, this <laughs> Vivint wishes they could have the freaking culture that this guy had. So it was just it was on the guy had an entire floor. The rent was like 100000 a month. It was just 300 brokers. Wolf of Wall Street. It was insane. Yeah, it was insane. The, the, it was literally insane. So uh, after that, I kind of bounced out of that. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back to my family's business. Like, this is real money. It's like, I know it's, it's helping people. And, you know, it's a good name. And um, that's what I'm going to do. You just quit straight up? Just walked out. Yeah. Wow. Just walked out. I shook my mentor's hand. We're still very close today. He just had a baby. Him and I just had dinner the other night. And, you know, he's still in the game. He's still doing really, really well. He kind of elevated a little bit. And, uh, you know, he's doing, what, he's doing great. So I love him. I, you know, I have nothing but respect for what he's done. And, uh, you know, I walked away and around the, when did that happen? I would say probably October, 2012, right? That's, that's when Sandy hit and the house that I grew up in got demolished. Right. And what happened at that point is my family needed a place to live. I still lived at home and, uh, we ended up moving into an apartment complex, me, my little brother, my mom and my dad. And we still needed to be relatively close to like central Long Island, where my family's business was at that point. And uh, we we were working, Jesse and myself were building out like a little delivery division of my dad's deli business. And uh, we were done one day early, I think like 12, 1, 2 o'clock, something like that. And we were living in an, uh, an apartment complex and there was a, a nice little pool area in the middle. It was the summer. And uh, 
we were hanging out by the pool and this kid was just blasting like Eminem rap music and like little kids were swimming in swimmies. Like it was like, like explicitives. And it was just like, people were looking at this kid, like who, who is this? And, uh, we ended up talking to the guy and his name ended up being Taylor and he was a Vivint guy. They had corporate housing in the complex that my parent, that my family moved into. And he was telling us, you know, we asked him like 12, one o'clock, like he was hanging out, I guess, after the meeting or they didn't have a meeting that day. And he was getting ready to go knock in a little bit. And he was telling us he was making two, three thousand dollars a week and installing solar panels and developing great relationships with homeowners and door knocking. And I'm like, this kid's a jerk off. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, get out of here. You had no inclination. You no. didn't want to go with that. Route. No shot. Yeah. So he, he kind of intrigued Jesse because Jesse was going to school at that point to be a, uh, a neuro neurobiologist or something like a plastic surgeon and uh he had like eight years or nine years of school left and uh he's like look dude i'm helping you build your family's deli business like this is not really a future for me so i'm gonna pursue this and i was like you're not a salesman like you're not you're gonna knock on people's doors like i at least had a wall street background i made phone calls i did sales i'm like i should be the one pursuing this but i'm not even interested and you know i kind of had a negative outlook on it at that point and he went and did it and within three wow, so Jesse was first. I didn't know that. Jesse was first. I didn't know that. So he showed me a three thousand dollar paycheck. I think within three weeks, mm. and I was making a thousand bucks a week. You know, working for my working for my dad at that point, I felt like that was a lot of money. Nothing to spit at. You know, nowadays I was. He showed me a three thousand. I was like, dude, you don't even like. You can't even talk to people. <laughs> yeah, he's. A- he was so socially awkward at that point, and I'm like. All right, I'm out. Like I literally quit the business. I'm like, I'm gonna I need to go shadow you and I, I followed him, right? So I did terrible my first month. Yeah. Terrible. I can't even see it being terrible at this point. I was awful. Wow. Awful. I, I was every success story that everyone starts off sucking. Everyone. I, dude, I wanted to quit every single day. Wow. Every day. And the the and I just ran a training on this today. When I first got into the industry, a guy by the name of Kent... You remember Kent Shumway? Were you there for Kent? I've heard his name. I don't know what he looks like. So Kent Shumway was the guy who kind of took me under his wing, mm-hmm. and he was so good. Like, so good. Mike Brand? He was better than Mike Brand. Wow. Like, just smooth. Smooth. And more real. Like, very... I connected more with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would go knock after watching this. I'm like, that's how it has to be done. So I didn't know anything. I would knock, and I'm like, what would Kent say? That was always my mindset. Mm -hmm. And I got lost in in the sense that the secret to being successful in in our industry is you have to be you because that's how you connect with people. They'll see through you. They can tell it's real, right? Like there's That's why you want to have a very diverse office because there's people that you might think like they'll never do well, but there's people that they'll connect with that you'll never connect with. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why, like, you re knock doors because, like, it's like they wish maybe they just want a different face or something, a different personality, a, somebody's less aggressive, somebody's more aggressive. You don't know, right? So, I kept trying to be him because he, I felt like he was the closest to how, who I was personality wise at that time. Yep. And uh, I never, I was never thinking what would Brett do, I was always thinking what would Kent do. And until I got out of that mindset, I kept failing because I could never be him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's him. You're not going to be him. That was it. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was hard for me to be able to understand that I needed to be me because I didn't know anything at that point. I never knocked a door. I never did solar. I never even knew what solar was. Yeah. Did anyone explain to you, like, just be yourself or did you just figure that Maybe. out? Maybe. I mean, but, you know, there's so you you know how much information you get starting something yeah, new. Great. You know, there's so many things that's maybe, you know, I'm sure somebody said that to me at some point, but, you know, 
I I don't know anything. Why would I be me? Why would I not be the guy who knows how to do this job? True. So that's my biggest piece of advice now to people getting in this industry is don't worry about anything, but just go connect with somebody. Solar sells itself. So if you can't give somebody a cheaper payment or, you know, an ownership option and they're paying less than they would be paying to waste money now, then yeah, if if job's probably not for you. Yeah. You make them feel like they contradict themselves like, oh, so you don't want to save or. Yeah. That's kind of a, you know, a D bag response to certain people. Not on the door. You don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I've heard people say that. Oh yeah. They get mad at people when they say they don't want to save money. It's like, dude, that's just not your guy. Yeah. Move it, moving along. Mm-hmm. Not going to work. So that so was my story. Where? So let's say, all right, so now at this point, continuing with the timeline, you're at Vivint. Yeah, now I'm at Vivint. You're working in New York. Working in New York, yep, yeah, in the uh, the Plainview office when there was only one office here. So that was probably uh, 2014. And you're killing it? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. At that, at that point, it, it was so easy, though, man. It was, it was, no one's been knocking. It was so easy. Yes. It's like you could literally knock on a door and say, hey, I'm the one doing free solar. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see if you qualify. And people would be like, sure, come in my house. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it, you know, it was so early that it was just a joke. Yeah, you guys were crushing it. Brand, everyone. Oh, my God. Like, dude, it was, you know, it, it, if you didn't install 100 accounts a year at that point, like, you just weren't working. Yeah. Like, there was literally no excuse. It was just, there. they were so, so much low-hanging fruit at that point. And there weren't an, enough people installed yet that they really kind of worked through the issues. Like, at that point, everybody was happy. There was no, you know, nobody had a system for three, four years and had issues. It was just... No datacom failure. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I left, I had 173 datacom failures. Wow, yeah. Out of 300, I had 173 datacom failures. That's- These people had no idea. Yeah. Right. And it's not a knock on Vivint. You know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's but a lot to take in. I mean, they have what, 100,000 installs probably? Oh, yeah. Throughout the United States. Throughout yeah, the absolutely. US. There's a ton on Long Island. I mean, again, the best people in the industry started in that company. Yeah. And uh, it's it, it was really hard because I had to hire an assistant personally because you got to think about it. The average people we install were nine to five homeowners, right? Mm-hmm. And what happens at five o'clock when they come home? Uh, their first thing on the list is call the Vivint rep and deal with my issues. Yeah. That's our prime time. So I had two options, pay somebody out of my own pocket to troubleshoot locally or deal Deal with with it myself. And that cost me more money. So it actually made more sense for me financially to make the investment to hire somebody to actually help me facilitate that because unhappy customers meant no referrals. Oh, yeah. And I got to the point where I was 60, 70, sometimes 80% referral. Mm -hmm. And you love knocking, but you don't want to be knocking. (laughs) Dude, I would never knock another door at that point if I didn't have to. You know, because referral customers, they installed, they were happy. There was no no headaches. I'm here because your friend or family member said I should be here. So don't trust my, don't trust, trust them. Yep. Trust your friend. So that was, that was the, you know, I knew they would never trust me. So I'm a salesman, right? So, but if you're, I can't tell you, probably two dozen people referred me to their 70-year-old, 80-year-old parents. You know, when you're walking into those, it's like they trust you with their parents. That that was a cool feeling. Hell yeah, man. And if you're signing up a 70 or 80-year-old without a referral, you're not doing getting that. Not no, because their down. kids are going to kibosh the deal. But if their yeah. kids are the ones that are saying you should do this because it's expensive to live here and you need to save money and Social Security pays you 1200 bucks a month, then you're you know, you live in Long Island, you need to cut corners, you need to save money. Yeah. So it was a cool experience to be able to do that. I, you know, I haven't really installed an account in uh, probably a year. 
Oh yeah, you don't have like just a you no, don't get referrals. I, I give away all my referrals to nice. my brother, my uncle, you know, whoever, you know, whoever, whoever's around me at that point. Yeah. But I always, you know, I I, I still get them, but it's I, I'm not, you know, I, the only reason I got as many as I got it because I would every single time I talked to a homeowner, like jokingly, hey, who do you have for me? And I would never let a conversation with a homeowner end without asking, mm-hmm. which I think is the biggest reason I got as many referrals as I got because I just asked for them. Yeah, it's all about tone. It's like if you're, it's just about asking. People yeah. don't ask. They're just, they, they just don't, you know, if there's ever an opportunity to talk to somebody and, and it's, they just, just ask, mm-hmm. you know, it's never, it's, there's never like a right time to ask for a referral. It's just, Hey, we're talking. Do you have anybody else that's interested in solar? Yeah. Obviously they want to do it. So why would they not want to refer someone? hundred percent. And they're getting paid too. You know, it's a no brainer, especially with Vivian. You, you know, I was writing the checks on my own pocket and I made that known to people like, Hey, I'm paying you. Like, please give me somebody else so I can pay you more. <laughs> yeah. the, the company I'm with now, they write the checks, which is cool because they'll start at a higher rate and they'll scale up to a little bit more money, which is great. Uh, but you know, when, when the customers knew that I was writing the check, I, I think it really meant a little bit more to them because yeah. it was my, like I'd give them a personal check. Yeah. You mail it or like you brought I'd it bring them. it to their house and write it in front of them. That's big, man. Just seeing that is big for yeah. them. Yeah, that's. I'm very calculated with the way I do my, with the way I always approach the business. You ever miss knocking? Yeah, I knock all the time now. Oh yeah, you're taking people out. I go all the time. I, I love it. It's my favorite part of the business. I go, but now it's. You're I'm, not signing people up. Though. I'm setting appointments. Yeah. It's for other people. It's dude. It's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> it's complete. It, I went from complete scarcity when I started this industry to complete abundance, which is the coolest thing. Because now I wouldn't have. 50 people on my teams if I didn't try and raise all of them up. I give away all my referrals, right? I I sing the praises of everybody else. And it's been transformative because now I'm not... The biggest thing I hated about this industry is that it's a one-to-one-to-one... It's it's always Mm one-to-one. I always wanted to go bigger. I always wanted to be able to grow something. Mm -hmm. And you always, when you're managing or you're regional or whatever, you're always put in a position if you're trying to manage something and sell where you're always having to choose your own personal production. Mm-hmm. Like if me and you are on the team and I'm the manager and you're my mentee or you're a rep, I'd always have to choose my pocket first. Hoods lead from the front. That's their Well, their not thing. even that. If you're coming out with me or I'm going to your area with you, like I need to get an AC before I help you get one. Yeah. Because the, what, you, know, you might not be here in a week and why would I give away ink, right? Like that was just how the manager's mindset worked. Wow. That's so, a look into it. I didn't ever even thought of it like that. Think about it. Because if you fail, what, what, why, why should I go broke if you're going to probably fail anyway? Yeah. But then if I dip, if I leave the company, it kind of makes you look bad. So it's like it's a lose-lose almost. But no matter what, dude, you have to choose your own paycheck. And people yeah. will say whatever they want to say. But mm-hmm. you, it's, you need to – That's just it's what it is, right? Over an extended period of time, if my job is just to help you and I don't have a salary and there's no money coming in, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Yeah, there's no other choice at that point. There isn't. So that's why now being in the position that I'm in, it's so cool because I can actually help people and I don't have to worry about myself. Beautiful. And it's the more you give, the more you get. I'm sure people can feel it. People can feel too when you're being real and you're being genuine and you actually want to help people. Yeah. So all right. So let's go back to the uh, the timeline. You ended up going to Cali too, right? Yeah. So. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot. I was, you it was three months. Oh, I do that for like a year. No, oh. that was the, the most expensive three months of my life. So <laughs> I, I paid, so I met with, who did I meet with? Brandon Holmes. Does that name ring any bells with you? Yes. So Brandon Holmes, he was the, the regional at that point over the East LA market down in California. And, uh, I, I got recruited by Ty Williams at that point. 
That guy, Nate. I know that guy. Yeah. Ty's a beast. Yeah. So he recruited me to come out there. Um, they were doing this whole... Ty's one of the most amazing culture marketing guys I've, I've ever seen. Like, he runs the, the West Coast, his tribe division, like a monster. Like, like unbelievable. So I got there, and uh, me and Ashley flew out, and they were doing a whole event. And Greg Butterfield was there, the CEO at the time. And I think there was like 100, 150 managers that were at this conference in Huntington Beach. Like beautiful hotel, really well done event. And Greg Butterfield goes up there. And then they said, hey, Brett, can you come up and, you know, talk about, you know, your experience on the East Coast and, you know, coming out here? I'm shaking like (laughs) so hard because I knew they were going to call me to do this. So I had something like typed out. And they had like a photographer there, like from Vivint. They were trying to like really promote the whole event. Is this your first like public speaking kind of thing? No, because I always did trainings and stuff like that. But it was in front of that many people. And and right right after the CEO of the company, who's like on MSNBC, like CNBC, like yesterday, Mm -hmm. I'm like dying. Like literally, I'm I, the whole time the guy's like trying to take photos of me, and I wouldn't look up from the piece of paper I had. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, you just finished your whole thing. Can you like pretend like you're still speaking and look so I can like take a photo?" <laughs> you fully didn't look. I up. freaked out, Were dude. You sweating. Oh, the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. That's so, good though. You know, like you're out of your comfort zone at that point. Oh my god. So that that was that. I'll, I'll never forget that. And then uh, yeah, I was there for three months, and uh, I just couldn't. I couldn't sell out there. It's tough. I, I, I couldn't sell out there. Bottom I, line, you just... I couldn't do... I can make any excuse to you. I couldn't do... I was terrible. Like, wow. I, I felt like it was back to my first month. Wow. And uh, I just... You know, the only thing that sustained me is the, the install timelines here were like three months from, you know, knock to install. And I was getting so many referrals at that point that I still had my assistant employed here to help push all my accounts through. And I was still getting referrals and I was selling them over the phone from California back in Long Island. So on the group me that we were using here in California, I'd write like 1AC in New York. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, you so, know. So, you, so I wasn't really. I came here to manage the office, and I wasn't managing because I was selling everything back in New York. And my assistant was literally throwing on a Vivint badge and a hat and driving to people's houses to sign the PPA. Wow. For so you. I was making like some cases seven thousand, eight thousand bucks a week from Cali. From Cali. <laughs> so I'm like, my money's gonna run out. My accounts are gonna stop. My referrals are gonna stop. And I, I, I'm, I'm not doing well here. And the average bill here was like fifteen, twenty bucks a month. So I'm like, best case scenario, I'll install two kilowatt systems. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I got to go. So Ashley moved out like probably three weeks after I got there. And two, two and a half months later, I'm like, we got to like, <laughs> we got, we got to go home. <laughs> so it was like five grand to move out there. It was like another five grand to move home. Jeez. So I think in the course of that, you know, I probably spent like 25,000 bucks in terms of just like, you know, for three months. Just was, learning that you had to go back home. Oh, my God. But I came home and it gave me an entire new appreciation for, for everything, which was cool because I'm like, I can do well here. Yeah, you realized like, well, so what was it out there? It was just because everyone's been knocked so hard. Everyone had, there was a lot more solar out my, there. No, it, I, my perspective was this, and I could be wrong on this. California people, to me, being from New York and being very straightforward, were just so gray. Like, New York is black and white. You're buying or you're not buying, right? Like, nobody's really going to waste your time. Yeah. But in California, it was like, yeah, dude, I'm super interested. Save the planet. Yeah, 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 let's do it. And then, like, they'd sign up, and then you'd never be able to get a hold of them again. Mm. And it was like, dude, you just wasted my time. So they were, like, bullshitting, basically? They just, they couldn't make a decision. You know what I mean? It was very, like, every day is summer. It's, like, the beachy, you know, we were in Long Beach, California. It was, like, right there. We lived in Seal Beach. It was it was a cool experience, but 
in sales, you need people to make decisions. And yes, that was that was probably me, right? I'm, I'm sure there are people there that make decisions. Mm-hmm. But I think mentally from the minute I got there, I just was never really fully committed. Mm-hmm. So that's just how it worked out. So were you, so in the beginning, were you a manager like right off the bat when yeah, you joined with they, Jesse, like right off the bat? Oh, no. Like, in Long Island, you're saying to go back to it? No, absolutely not. You know, at that point, there were so many heavy hitters here. Because I, mean, I thought it, it was like early, so it was like, yeah. all right, everyone's manager. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like the guys who trained me were Brandon Seidel, Brian Brownlee, Mike Brand, like okay, the, oh Pat Jensen, like the OGs, dude. Mm-hmm. So no, those guys were they probably already had 200 installs by the time I even got to the company. Mm, so they were already in. The they deep. were so far ahead of me at that point. I didn't I didn't become a manager until I went out to the Long Island East office, which opened probably. I would say about a year to a year and a half after the Plainview office first opened. Yeah. And then I went out there, um, got the opportunity to manage with Pat and Wardee, which was an amazing experience. Then from there, I went to California, and then I came back. NASA opened. I managed in the NASA office, and then from NASA, I went to Trinity. With Kathy and With Pat Kathy and Jordan, and Jordan Borchert. So who was in East at when you guys went to NASA? Uh, it was still Wardee and Pat. Oh, Okay. So maybe right. I have the timelines backwards. I don't know. Either yeah, way, it was, yeah. you know, we it bounced was, around. But around I, I was in Nassau and then I went back in East and then I went to, you know, I left from there. So were you killing it when you in the East office? Like The East office know? is when I did my best. I, yeah. I always I always gravitated more towards uh, the, the Suffolk County area because mm-hmm. it was just bigger systems. And I just, you know, I always felt more comfortable out there. Mm-hmm. I had one town in particular that I probably did 200 installs just in that one town. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I sold everybody and I knew everybody. So I would drive there and it was like, I felt like I was going home. <laughs> so I was so comfortable in that area and people were just so friendly with me mm-hmm. that my goal was to develop relationships with somebody where to the point where if I needed to knock on your door and use your bathroom, you were like cool with it. Yeah. The, I, the, I had customers that would, I would just stop there to get coffee. I'd drive down the block and people would wave at me. It was, it was just a cool, really good experience. Cause at that point you're not selling anything. You're, you're just you and people just like you and they want to do business and, you know, if you can walk down the street and people are happy with your product and they have it on their house, that's the interesting interesting thing about solar is it's on somebody's home. It's on the exterior of their house. It's a constant so when advertisement. You're, when you're walking down the block, it's like, I did that, I did that, I did that. So people that didn't even know each other, like neighbors that just kind of like waved and maybe even not that, I could point to their neighbor and say, we did that. And they didn't have to have a personal relationship to go look at their kitchen and say like, yeah, I'm friends with them. Of course, I've seen it. I've been in their house. Yeah, social proof. With solar, you'd sign somebody up, and then I would always go back and get their bills. Their mm-hmm. $9, $10, you know, here's your credits. So I'd literally knock on people's doors and say, hey, you see that? Here's the proof of what it actually did for them. And they, oh, I want that. Yeah. So it, it just, the more you do in this industry, and the more you do really in any sales job, if there's social proof to it, the, the, the info sells itself. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. here's, don't trust me. Here's the result. Yeah, I'm not bullshitting you, and this is it. So, where how do you end? How do we get to where we are now? How did you? Because everything sounds like it was going great with Vivint. You loving it, killing it, I, managing. You know, yeah, I, I think a lot of it was just I, I, I was kind of stuck at a certain point. You know, I was never gonna go past Pat. I was never gonna go past War. I was never gonna go past you know the guys that were here. You hit a ceiling, kind of. I always wanted to grow past that and not just be a DM that was always forced to sell and then help guys when I could. Yeah. So leaving to go to another company, you know, all roads lead back to Vivint. You're going to hear that plenty of times. Everyone says that. I didn't. <laughs> you didn't think so? No, no. Like I didn't go. That's not true for me. 
Yeah. I will never go back to Vivint. Saying never? Never. never. Ne- because I don't need to. Yeah. You're doing well. I, I just, it's at this point, we're just getting, they're coming this way. <laughs> because we've proved the concept. Seems like it. Kenny Lee was saying the same thing the other day. I, we're not going to lose. Like, that. that's the thing. Like, I'm very competitive. And I, I love those guys and we'll be boys. But you're not going to beat us. Especially, they don't have the structure that you guys have either. It's completely Trinity's different. Trinity's, a, they, they made $400 million last year. Like, we're profitable. So the company can afford to spend $13 million a year on lead generation. That's the total difference right there is they're private, right? So, yeah. So they don't need to make anyone happy. They do whatever they want. It's, it's like, owned by two no, brothers. You know, yeah. I, I text the CEO on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Like, I'm getting the mentorship. Like, I met the CEO of Vivint five times, you know, and he'd be like, who are you? That, <laughs> yeah. that's, not, that's not what I was looking for. He's not close to the people. The, no, the I, people in the in the streets in the trenches. You know, when the, when the com- and, and that's the thing when the company's based on the West Coast, like Trinity's been very strategic, right? And like I never heard of Trinity before I went there. No. And uh, the company's based in Jersey. They're only Northeast based. You know, they don't really plan on going to the West Coast. They don't plan on going past where they are now. And uh, you know, because of that, when you're at a regional level or higher with this company you automatically have that connection with the CEO and you know, he wants to be involved in the day to day. He wants to coach you. He wants to mentor you. He wants to help you grow his business and yours and yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that to me was what I was, I, I wanted to learn business. I didn't want to just be part of some, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to feel like I could learn from somebody. So the biggest difference between the two, if you had to choose is just you're learning more now. Learning more allowed to, you know, allowed to be able to focus on, on my people because my comp is different than it was, which is awesome for me. Um, and and everybody's winning because of that. You know what I mean? It's, I'm not having to go do 10 installs a month to afford the lifestyle I want to live. Yeah. Are you still in, did you ever open that NASA office? I don't know if that. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's open. Yeah. Pat, Pat. Uh, so this guy, Pat Taylor, who's amazing. And Danae are actually the managers of our of our oh, NASA office. I didn't even know it opened. I yeah, it was... we, we split the team in half. So that the, the pictures and videos and stuff that I post is usually from just our Suffolk office, which is like maybe, that's where you are, like yeah. maybe 25 reps now. Okay. And then the other 20, 25 reps that we have are, are now in the NASA office. So we split it and now we're recruiting heavily from Queens and Brooklyn and the other, because we weren't going to get those guys to drive out to, to Suffolk. Yeah. So now we have the opportunity to grow it there and, and we've been doing well, so... Thank God. Queens is open now. It's going. Yeah, we're doing great. So Brooklyn for us has been really big. Wow, this is crazy to me. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. The think the, of this. the the deals and so the deal the solar offering to people in the boroughs is actually better than anywhere. Their property taxes go down because they get solar. Like their taxes go down. Mm-hmm. They get uh uh federal if you buy it right. Yeah. They get state and then the the utility company there actually has a rebate as well. So wow. it's insane. So if you can get a home, and they're paying like 26 to 28 cents per kilowatt. Yeah, the city's that's, that's So you're giving, you know, a 10 kilowatt after all rebates could be like two grand. So you're giving it away over there. Yeah, man, that's awesome, dude. I didn't, I had no clue because I talked to Paul every day. He never said anything about Brooklyn or Queens or anything. That's crazy. Paul's running a lot of our, so Paul's, be, Paul has become an amazing sales guy. So he's, he's running a lot of appointments more so just in like the Nassau uh, Suffolk area. He's mm-hmm. not really. We have a kind of a handful of guys that we've elected to go run in the in the boroughs, and they're doing well. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Do you have? Uh, so I know it's going to be really hard to 
think of one because you've knocked so many doors and had so many deals. Do you have any stories that just stick out to you, like any customers that were just like over the top, like out of control that you could think of? I know it's so hard, like you've been doing it for, what are you, like five years in at this point? Yeah, going on five years. Do I have any stories of people that were just... My first install was really cool. I guess I could talk about that. It sticks so, out. Yeah, it's you know the first one. Yeah. You always remember that. Mm-hmm. So I was walking down the street in Lake Grove, and this guy was shoveling the street. Like it was a snow. He just was shoveling the street. I was like, what are you doing? So I walked up to him. His name was Matt Olszewski. And I said, and in PDA at that point, right? With It was like, are you, and it was, I was so nervous, so new. I'm like, are you Mr. Uh, Olszewski? He, he's like, it's, it's Oshevsky. He like kind of just cut me off to it. I'm, he's like, what do you want? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm the guy putting solar panels up on people's homes in the air. He goes, oh, solar? He's like, and I thought he was going to tell me like get lost. He kind of paused for a minute. He's like, I've been looking into solar. I was like, that's, that's the gold. That's what you want to hear. Um, I, it was, it was like, really? Like I was almost shocked. So yeah. he, we went in his garage and he's like a big classic car guy. He had like a 69 Camaro in there. I know nothing about cars, right? So mm-hmm. like in rapport building, they tell you only talk about stuff, you know? Yeah. And I said, that's a nice car. And he like proceeded to like educate me on it. And he just wanted somebody to talk to. And he was a retired firefighter, but he was like out on disability, even though he looked fine. And he was like 40 something years old. So I think he was probably milking the system, <laughs> uh, but he was living the life. Yeah. So I signed him up. And got him installed. I think it was like a 6.8 kilowatt system or something all front of his house. And uh, the day of install, I show up and I bring the crew's pizza and Gatorade. It was still in the wintertime. And uh, I'm standing there watching it. He's in the street with me. And this guy's so meticulous about his house. Like, so, like he cuts his grass like with scissors. <laughs> yeah. Like he was shoveling the street for that reason, which I later came to find out. Like all of, he's just known as a, like the, the wacko of the neighborhood. So your first install is in the winter. Yeah. Dude, Dude, that's, middle of the winter. That's rare too. <laughs> January, yeah. So yeah. I, uh, so the guy was getting installed, and I'm standing there in the street. I'm looking at. Him, I'm like, oh, that looks really good. And you know, I th- he didn't know I was. You know, he didn't know I was new. He, you know, I, I kind of played the part after that. I kind of was more comfortable once we got into his home. And uh, we're looking at it. And I'm like, wow, that looks really good. And he's like, are you surprised? <laughs> and at that point, I looked at him and I was like, that's my first install. And oh. he was like, what? He's like. I never would have. So long story short. So we went, we went down into his basement. The guy was a big giants fan. He was a big like beer guy. So he built a, you know, he had so much time on his hand. Uh, He built like a beautiful basement bar. He had magic hat on tap and like, just, he was a cool guy. So he puts on Pink Floyd because he was just kind of like a hippie stoner guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he pours us both a magic hat. He's got two lazy boys next to each other. And then he rolls up a J. Right there. And he <laughs> lights the J and he goes, dude, this is your virginity, right? He's like, I'm your first customer. <laughs> oh, my God. So he puts on Pink Floyd, hands me a magic hat. We both sit in the lazy boys. And then he lights up the J and passes it to me. <laughs> that was my first install. Yo, you probably left that house like this is the best job on the planet. And the, I mean, meanwhile, <laughs> you I made, made like twenty five hundred bucks. Like. That's what I was just. And while, while, yeah, yeah. it was crazy. That was that was my first install. That's amazing, bro. My first install was uh, an eighty three year old lady. Yeah, she Nine. probably didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> her and her husband. No, they did because they had their husband. Their uh, their kids lived two blocks away. Did you install them too? Yeah, they got installed nice. too, and then their neighbors. What town? Saw. Uh, it was in Suffolk County, Comac. It was Comac Smithtown border. Those are the permits. They were quick. That's yeah. where I did most of my installs. Was in the Smithtown area. Yeah, it was like a week 
That's I, I love that area because the permits were super quick. That's a cool story, though. They're still like that, right? Uh, pro- I mean, again, I haven't installed, but I would imagine Smithtown was very solar friendly. The coolest thing about knocking doors, in my opinion, was like once you break the barrier down where they start to trust you, they you realize like they're just normal people and like they actually are they want to help you out too. Like they want. They give you food, like, on occasions. You'll eat... How many dinners have you had, right? Like... Yeah, quite a few. Yeah, like, they'll offer you drinks. Like, they, they just want to hang out sometimes. Some people, like, people in their 50s, 60s, like, they probably don't talk to too many people, I would assume. Yeah. So they can talk for a while. Like, you can be... I've been stuck in houses for two, three hours sometimes, and it's... it's and and it's then the worst part is when they point. don't buy from you. Oh, no, that's... And they just want to waste your time. Mm-hmm. That happens, too. But it's it's that's the coolest part to me. Like I've had bar, I've gone to barbecues and like yeah, you become you become a, you, you become a friend. Yeah, man, that's the coolest part about it for me. Um, what what do you think? This is a cool question. What do you think you've learned the most from this whole industry and like your door to door knocking career? Is there like something? Yeah, I'll sum I'll sum it up. And this is the this is the the. This is the phrase that I use to every one of my teammates. I use in every one of the interviews. This is, in my opinion, if there was one thing I could get tattooed to my body, I'm not really like a tattoo guy, but if there was one thing I would get tattooed, it's your income will never exceed your habits. Your habits are you. You are your habits, right? Your income will never exceed your habits, period. In any, in any sales job, you're, you know, again, if you're working a nine to five and you're stuck at 15 bucks an hour, Mm -hmm. that doesn't apply to you Mm -hmm. because you could have the best habits in the world and your time is still worth 15 bucks an hour, or you can have the worst habits in the world and your time is still worth 15 bucks an hour. But in our world, in sales and business, if you're willing to work on yourself, that's how you're going to make more money. It's not, yes, it's, it's, practice your pitch, it's knock more doors, it's all that stuff, sure, plays a factor, I can't disagree. But when you get to a point where you know your pitch, you know how to do it, you're putting in the time, the the things that make the subtle incremental differences are what you do before you show up to area and the preparation you do before you go back. Mm-hmm. And those are all your habits. Yeah. If you wake up and you meditate, you write in a gratitude journal, you go to the gym, you eat healthy, you do the things that make you feel good, you're going to show up to area with with an energy that just radiates by for me. Yeah. But if you show up and the hardest thing you did was eat Captain Crunch at 10 a.m., people are going to know you're a loser. Yeah, they can they feel it. And this is a very young industry, right? Mm-hmm. So if most of these people are, you know, let's say 50 years old that you're that you're trying to get to buy from you, right? Or put solar panels on their house and you're 25 and they have a 25-year-old kid that's laying in their basement playing Xbox yeah. and they can't motivate to go live a life. They're 650 plus credit. They own a five, 600, $700,000 house in Long Island and they have their affairs in order. They're not going to do business with you because you remind them of their kid who they can't even get to tie his shoelaces. <laughs> yeah, do anything for himself. So for me, the biggest thing was I always tried to put myself in a position where I've had homeowners get to the point where they were like, can you go talk to my kid? Like, I want him to do what you're doing. Oh, like recruit? Go recruit? No, just uh, like show them what he could be doing. Yeah, the possibilities. Just that you're not in the basement playing Xbox and you're knocking doors and trying to build yourself a life. <laughs> Did you actually ever do it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're like, what's up, man? What's what's going on here? Like, why are you down here? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
What do they say? Like, get the fuck out of my basement. Like, <laughs> no, some of them were pretty open to it. Like, it's happened multiple times. Yeah. Some of them were like, dude, thank you. Wow. And some of them were, you know, like I could just tell I was never going to get through. I was like, yeah, that's kind of a lost cause. <laughs> you tell the parents. <laughs> You're so straight up. Good that's luck. one thing about Brett. Like, he will never bullshit you. Like, <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. You know, people hate me or they love me. That's just who I am. And, you know, some that that that's something where as I continue to grow and you know, different areas of my life. I kind of want to get a little better at, mm-hmm. um, but it's not, it's not your problem. If someone doesn't like from you. a corporate perspective, it is as you yeah. become more corporate, you can't just be a bull in a China shop. And yeah. that's, you know, as I go down to my corporate office and as I get more involved in, you know, other conversations, there's, there's ways to lay things off mm. that you have to be more, uh, what's the word? Corporate, I guess I'll <laughs> say you yeah. can't just come in there and be like, let's burn the building down because one thing is wrong. Like politically correct in a way? Uh, maybe. You know, it's, yeah, obviously you can't walk in there cursing and looking like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but there's ways, th- most things in life play out pretty slow. Mm-hmm. In our industry, people go from zero to 100 real quick. True. And it's not like that. No. At, at a, you know, when, when you're part of a big organization, things turn slowly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we want things to happen yesterday mm-hmm. because we've seen really quick results. And that's not how things work in most cases. Yeah, I feel you. I, I meant it more from the perspective of like other people that you don't work with. Like people like like on Facebook or like Instagram or something like that where they're like, uh, who is this guy? Like, what's he doing? You know, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I see what you're saying. Like Anthony Hopkins has this quote. He says, it's none of my business what other people think of me. Oh, yeah. Dude, listen, I, if, if I cared whether people... The, that's the thing, right? Like... Like I was you're, th- door, you're knocking doors. Like in the beginning, you become like, you become yeah. so immune. Your your skin gets so thick, and yeah. you know it's good, it's bad, but you know things don't phase you, right? They just don't. Like when the guy hit my car yesterday, I bought my dream car, and and the guy hit it yesterday, and it's like, ugh, all right, like it it's happened. just it's just another thing. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really matter, and and that's that's the biggest thing with this. It's like, yep, yeah, yeah, you're going to install tomorrow, and you're going to cancel, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> Has meditation, you think, helped you on this 100%, route? 100%. Every morning I, when I wake up, it's the first thing that I do. It, it, it's just so, it's just, it, it's for 10 minutes. If you don't have 10 minutes, you're, you're, you need more help than that. And every, Bill Gates has 10 minutes. You have 10 minutes. Oh, dude, my phone know? does not stop ringing sometimes from 7 in the morning until 12 o'clock at night. It's mm-hmm. just, that's just what it is. You, you got to make the time. You, you have to, otherwise you just get consumed by it and you burn out. I haven't taken a vacation in over a year and... I, it, the only reason I think I'm still like really focused is number one, I love what I do, but number two, I make time for things like that because it's just too important. Yeah, man, it's your mental health. You know, it's like it, it affects everything. Your mental health affects your your everything. physical health. Everything. Hundred percent. Do you use Headspace? Yes. You still use it? Yep. Wow, that's cool. I you I remember you told me about it like maybe a year ago. Yeah, every and day. And you're still using every it every day. That's cool. Did you pay for it? Like you yeah, got the, the, the premium one? Yeah, 15 yeah. bucks a month. Yeah. I've done like almost every pack on there. They're, they call them little packs. They're like 10-day things. For me, it's just, it, it's a way to stay focused. You know, and I've looked at some of the YouTube ones and some of the guided meditations on there. You know, I, I, I'm not the guy that can sit there for 30 minutes. I'm not the guy that can sit there for an hour. You know, for me, 10 minutes. I've done 20 minutes like at maybe once, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm really into it. But 10 minutes is all I need. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good way to start the day. Yeah, it's just observing your thoughts, basically, right? It's yeah, I mean, like, when you open your eyes at the end of those 10 minutes, and it's like you feel like you can actually take on the world. 
Mm-hmm. You actually feel rested, even you, though you're not sleeping. You do, anything. you do. That that's that, that. I always thought like if I'm gonna close my eyes for ten minutes, I'm probably gonna fall asleep. But <laughs> it, it didn't happen. It was you know you actually start to, because it, you know when he tells you scan down from the top of your head to your toes and you know focus on something but don't like mentally go there like it's it's interesting because you can go to the gym to work out your muscles but what do you do to train your mind right to get your mind stronger Mm -hmm. that's it you know you can read you can meditate you can do different things but the meditation aspect for me kind of filled a void because i'm not religious you know i mean like that's Mm -hmm. not my thing when you know when we first started vivin it was you know the mormon culture go to church and like kind of be part of something bigger right like your spiritual pillar yeah that was never I never grew up with religion. I was never bar mitzvahed. Like that was never like a thing for me. That was never a thing for my family. And, uh, you know, my religion, I guess, if you will, came back to feeling some type of centeredness through meditation. So this is the most connected towards something I've felt ever. Yeah. So do you believe in a God or like the universe is like God? That's such a hard question for me. I I don't know. You know, again, I, I can't sit here and say I have any idea how to answer that question. It's what you believe. I don't, I don't even know what I believe. I just believe that never really like put into the, no, you know, listen, man, I believe that, you know, I believe that I'm blessed. I believe that, you know, I've, who are you blessed by? (laughs) What's blessing you? you, you (laughs) You caught me there. I don't know. Listen, I, I, I believe that if you do right by others, it'll come back to you. And I believe that if you have the opportunity to serve others, it, it'll only make you feel better. Serving others is it. It's more more you give, the more you're going to get. And and I'm really feeling that now. So it's been really awesome to be able to, to, to be part of something where I actually feel like I can do that. And it's funny because Trinity is like a religious company, right? Like the values of the company are GPM, God, people, money. Like that's the value in which they, you know, that's the order in which they value things. Went from Mormon to Christian. What's Dude, the next? And, and I joke, I say the Jews have infiltrated Trinity. <laughs> yeah, they're taking it down. <laughs> that's so good. <coughs> I'm sorry. All good. <coughs> I had like a little uh, thro- little bug, not like a. Everybody's got the flu right now. Nah, I didn't have a flu, but I had just like a throat thing going on, some kind of phlegm shit. I work really close with Jeff. You remember Jeff, right? Jeff Godley. Yeah, it was I, me and Jesse went oh, to yeah, the city. Oh right, right, yeah, right, right, right. Yep. So Jeff, Jeff has the flu right now. I was working like in the same office as him yesterday. I'm like, I freaking hope I don't have the flu. You're good. It seems like you're healthy right now. Jeff seemed like he was healthy yesterday too, and he got like the bubonic plague overnight. <laughs> yeah. How's he doing? He's recruiting up. He's doing great. Yeah, that's he's, awesome. He's doing great. He's Are you still working recruiting, or it's mostly that's outreach? really all I do? Oh, like I thought, like outreach I, was like that's your... kind of the you know for me the big thing is is that I love we're at the point now where it's kind of like your solar business when you get to a certain point. A lot of it is referrals, right? So we have guys on our team that are twenty years old making two grand a week, like consistently. Yeah. So they're bringing in their friends and family members and, you know, a lot of that, those, those are becoming our best people, but you can't ever rely on that. Just like you can't ever fully rely on, on just referrals for, you know, you always got to have to keep the door knocking and the prospect the pipeline. Going. the pipeline. Yeah. So I'll always be getting fresh people in through sourcing and other things that I do. It, I truly believe that anybody could do the outreach model because you're literally just showing somebody a problem and asking for them to give you time and getting paid for that. Like, it's just insane. To see what works. Maybe, it's, you know? It's it's a great segue into the business, right? So that has been huge. And then anytime we're kind of at a point where we do corporate trainings just Mondays, and it's like the first and third week or second and fourth week of the month. So I'll have these days, maybe even a week, where it's like I can't 
I'm not recruiting that week because I just, it's, you know, the next training class is in two weeks. Mm -hmm. So that whole week I'll be on the doors helping. I don't work with any of like the bottom level guys anymore. Sometimes I do, but for the most part, I'm just looking to mentor my leaders. So I'll go out and I'll knock doors with them. And, you know, there's subtle tweaks and high level stuff I can chat with them about, Mm -hmm. but I'll never be able to do that with somebody who's super new because they're just not going to understand. It'll eventually trickle down to them. Well, that's the what whatever you teach. Exactly. Yeah. So I spend a lot of my time with the top t- top five ten percent, mm-hmm. and I want to get them better because it's easier to get somebody who's doing really well, a little bit better because they're already there. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's just effort that you need to adjust, and hard, rather than getting somebody that's at the bottom and struggling up, because typically you end up just doing the job for that person. Yeah. And then when you're not with them the next day, they're right back to where they were. Yeah. So I, I just don't want to waste my time. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather train a leader. And then like you said, it kind of trickles down to them. Yeah. Do you love, I know you do, but I just want you to say it on air. You love doing the trainings, right? Oh, that's my favorite part. Yeah. You love making That's my favorite right? part. But that's the thing. That's why initially when I first came in here, I said, I'm really jealous of you <laughs> because you're putting this out to, let's say a hundred thousand people, right? I train mm-hmm. 50 people. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I do it pretty well, but I train 50 people, right? So it's yeah. like, I need to get on this type of a forum and I need to be able to get it out to people because there's nothing more fun for me. Like it literally keeps me up at night. Like I'll wake up sometimes at like two in the morning and like an idea for a training will pop in my head and I will go to my computer and I will just do it. Write it out and like make I'll literally make the do pa- the whole keynote in like 10, 15 minutes. Wow. So you just, it's, dude, get it out there. And I have 50, probably 50 to 100 trainings already formulated all on my computer. Do you think of it more like you would make it more visual, like maybe like a YouTube video with your voice in the background and like showing your trainings or just talking like this? I I See, that's the thing. I like this forum, Mm -hmm. but I also like to show what it is, but I need to re-engineer the content because not everybody's a door-to-door solar salesperson, right? You want to make it just sales, like a blanket kind of training? Sales and it's all the same thing, right? Like the the lessons that we train people on to be a door-to-door salesperson is the exact, everybody really could benefit from it. Hell yeah, man. I say this all the time. You probably haven't listened to any episodes, but I always talk about like how much I took from the Trinity trainings from the Vivint trainings. Yeah. Because it's it's life lessons. They want you reading books like on self-help. They want you learning all this stuff. And they they in the beginning it felt like they genuinely cared about you and at Vivint. And then like it slowly that's why I just dipped because like it felt like it wasn't there anymore and there wasn't any there was no more value basically when I left with Lombardi running the office and shit. <laughs> so that's why I just dipped. But then, like, I, I didn't leave you guys because I wasn't having fun. Like, I was loving it, but I just got another opportunity, so I no I hard No hard feelings, man. No, for sure. No, you guys are awesome there, and you're one of the most successful people I know in the, in the industry, like, personally. So, I'm, it's really cool to see, like, how much you're, you've grown, basically. You're talking about how, like, you've changed how you are, kind of, how... You used to be a little more self-centered, and now you're just all giving, and you're meditating. Like, I don't know. It's I, crazy. It's really, like, it's is it crazy. cool to look back and, like... You, you know what it is, dude, for me? And it, it, I don't... Sometimes I don't even realize it because I'm doing it every single day, right? Like, you and I don't really see each other often. Yeah. So that's why I really appreciate that comment, because you're able to look and, and say you're different, right? Yeah. Like, that. that's awesome, and that's really what I've been working for. Um, 
but it's like going to the gym every day, right? Like if you're looking in the mirror after every workout, you're not going to see drastic transformation. Yeah, jumping on the scale every day, you're going to point two ounces. You know, but it's like it's at this point, it, it just for me, it just feels right, and that's kind of what I'm judging things by. You know, when I made the transition, the CEO said to me, "If your head, your heart, and your gut all feel right about a decision, make it." And that's kind of just where I've been living for the last, you know, there's been tons of stress. There's been, you know, if you want to do well, the biggest indicator of somebody being able to handle success is how well they can handle and how many problems they can handle at one time. Mm-hmm. And not get overwhelmed. And not get over. And, and that's it, the meditation probably too, helping with that. So a lot of that stuff is kind of where I'm at right now. And, it, you know, the days fly by, right? Like when you feel like you're in flow, like days just fly by. Like when anytime I know I'm doing something wrong, time drags, mm-hmm. and the the last seven months have just been like instant. Yeah, it's just flown by. Wait, so you've been here for how many? A how, year. Oh my god, it's been a year already, man. Yeah, literally, it's been over a year. It was January. I remember sitting on Paul's uh, deck in his backyard of his apartment, and he's like, "Yo." I think I'm going to go to Trinity. Uh, Brett and Jesse just went. <laughs> and it was That was a year ago. Yeah. Feels like a couple months, bro. I know. It's crazy. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. All right. That's awesome, man. So from here... Oh, okay. I wanted to ask you this, too. You read a lot of books. A lot more. It's been audible lately. But yeah, anytime I have the time to sit down and read, I love it. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations? Like, what are you reading right now, recently? I'm reading uh, High Performance Habits right now, which is awesome. I'm listening to it on Audible. Um, So, like, while you're in the car, you'll just throw it on? Bro, I got... So, I bought my car uh, three months ago. It had 1,300 miles on it. Today, when I dropped it off at the the collision place to get it repaired, it has 9,800 miles in three months. So, I live in my car. Right. Basically. So I'm, I, I pound through audible books there. Mm-hmm. Like I'll listen to Grant Cardone's 10 X constantly. Yeah. On repeat. There's so <laughs> many, you know what I mean? Like I don't like some, some books that I love to read. Like, like, have you heard of Matthew Kelly? Mm, I don't think so. So he's written books like the rhythm of life, uh, the dream manager, which is an amazing book. Um, his audible tapes are terrible cause he just mm-hmm. got this boring, like just awful. Voice. It's his voice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Um, but then you listen to like Grant Cardone and he gets me just fired up. You he's can listen, animated. You can listen to him at the gym. Like he's just like, he will pound you into just, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, this book I'm listening to now, High Performance Habits is great. Um, the book that I'm reading right now is by John Gordon. It's called, uh, The Positive, Power of Positive Leadership. I've heard of that. Really good. Um, the book I read before that was the best year yet. I really like that one as well. I like books that are not like, have you read the alchemist? No, but I haven't read the alchemist. Everyone tells me by Paolo Coelho. Yeah. I like books that don't spell out for you. Like I like reading John C. Maxwell. I like Brian Tracy, I like Zig Ziglar, like Dale great, Carnegie, great books, but they literally tell you one plus one is two. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get it. I can do that. <laughs> but the books I like to read are books that are more, that are they, they make you more existential, right? They make you kind of put yourself in a situation and relate to whatever you're reading and apply it to your situation. Interpret your own way. That's the thing, right? Because if you read a book about somebody on a journey, everybody's on a journey in one way or the other, mm-hmm. but you can relate yourself to that in individual points versus like if you read a straight on like how to lead a team book, not everybody is in that position, so you can't relate. Yeah, it's only going to apply to a few... Uh- handful of people or a group of people that's it so i just bought my team uh brian tracy's book no excuses 
we're all reading that right now. That's cool. You know, again, those type of books are awesome. Self-discipline books and push yourself books. So, you know, there's a time and a place for those. That was my next question. So you guys are still doing the book club. It's still going. Well, yeah, we do. Yeah. Again, every month, typically I buy a book for the team. I go out and through the office budgets, I'll expense it. And then I'll write individual inscriptions on the front cover for each one of them. Oh, shit. Yeah. If you, you know what I mean? Like I, I really take my mentorship of my guys serious because that's that that's everything. They reflect you. Your manager is reflection of... And, and that's the only reason I've been able to think higher level vision and spend a lot of time recruiting because I, I have solid leaders that they're doing it, right? And you just got to... You can't get to a point where you're like, okay, they're a leader. Like, I don't have to help them. Mm-hmm. You have to always give them even more, yeah. right? Like, I think that's a common mistake people make in leadership is they're like, okay, this person's a, a district manager or this person's an assistant district manager. Like, they shouldn't need me anymore. that's not the case they need you more now than ever because they've just hit another level they need to know how to do that and they They, have no clue how to do it exactly there that's the problem right in most sales organizations you're a great salesman you become a manager Mm -hmm. more often than not the best salesperson is not the best manager because to be a great salesperson you have to be selfish Mm -hmm. yeah you could oh my god it's so true because you could be a you could have the best numbers in the office which is why the structure that vivid has doesn't work yeah because yeah, you're the best salesman, but you, how do you view your overrides every month? Is it is it a bonus for you on top of your back end, or is it your is is it because you're actually helping your team and they're making more money because you're in that position? Yeah. Why are you doing it? Know your why. That's been my <laughs> that's been my whole mental transformation. Yeah, man. And I'm and I'm making more money now than I've ever made before because of it you're giving more than ever and i enjoy it and i enjoy it i don't i don't hate it anymore the money used to be just a justification for why you hate what you do mm-hmm. and like you 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 would justify doing it because you hated it so much because you were making good money i i don't feel like that and right that's now. what people do with regular nine to fives like i, don't, don't, I hate most my people job. don't even make money they just they're slaves to a job they can't even get out of because financially they're not even saving money which is the craziest freaking part it's like dude you hate what you do and you make 500 bucks a week and most of that just goes to beer and cigarettes yeah oh, that's good you brought up beer were you ever like a party animal no. kind of dude you were no. never like a drinker i was no. gonna say like did was there a point where you're like i'm giving this up i'm going like all in but I see you at home like on Saturdays reading books and shit. So I know you're not doing that stuff. No, it never it never really appealed to me. Yeah, I feel you. I was stuck in that hole for a little while, but I now I'm not, I never no interest. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I see you I see you you know, you've changed a lot of things about yourself, which is amazing. I uh you know what I mean? Like I love tequila. Like I'll go out, you know, but like I I'll only go like I like red wine, I like tequila. Like yeah. when I go out and drink like with with my fiance, like we have our favorite restaurants we'll go to. Like I'll 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 get, you know, I'll get tipsy, I'll have fun, but I'm never really, I've never been, I've never enjoyed being able, not being able to like walk. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Or remember what you did. (laughs) That's never been my, you know, I've never enjoyed that. You know, even in high school, I always tended to drift away from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I went the other route after high school. In high school, I never went that route, but college, I went that route. (laughs) I never really had much of a college experience. I kept bouncing back and forth. You know, I was at like three different schools, so. You did get your degree, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I graduated from Hofstra, but like I started at Dowling out east, right? And then I went down to South Carolina. Then I went back to Dowling. Then I graduated from Hofstra. So I was literally at four schools. <laughs> How'd, you, how'd you end up in South Carolina? Uh, I went down there. I was really big into golf, right? So I was trying to go oh, play golf. True. Yeah, like I played for Hofstra. I played for Dowling. I used to be like a real... I'm still pretty good, I guess, if you could say. Like Kevin's amazing. You know, yeah. he's trying to be like a pro golfer. Um, 
yeah, I, I probably shoot like low eighties, high seventies now, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, that's what I love to do. You know what I mean? I was playing golf constantly. So I went down there to, you know, try and play for the team and, you know, it was cool. Your school ID down there, you could get into like any course for like eight bucks. Oh, so it was, it was a cool thing. How's your uh, drive looking? You got it. Nice I used to that. That was like the best part of my game is I could pound the ball down the fairway. Um, yeah, I, I, my golf clubs are in my attic now. So. Oh, you haven't played in a while? No. Oh, okay. no, dude. It's, that's the thing. The whole year, last year flew by and I haven't taken a vacation. I'm like translucent. You could like see through <laughs> me right now. Yeah. I remember in high school, you and like Max Branchinelli were like the golfers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, it was like cool to be a golfer at Massapequa. Yeah, <laughs> so that was that was what we did. Awesome, man. Um, so from here, what's the plan? Do you have? Are you saying you're just gonna keep pounding it? You know, doing what you're doing now. See, what you're asking me right now is. Uh, I go back and forth with this all the time. Is I, there a plan? I love what I do. I love where I'm at right now. Um, I listen to a lot of Gary Vee, and the big thing is patience, right? The big thing, because I always try and I want to be 10 years ahead of where I am right now, like tomorrow. It's not going to happen. No. Um, I'm in a good place right now. I want to keep recruiting. I want to keep building. I want to have 80 people on my lead generation team by the summer. I want to have 40 people selling. We've transitioned to a setter-closer model now, so we're not doing direct anymore, which you know, is, is as a direct result of having so many appointments right now. Oh, direct's done. It's just traditional and outreach. Yeah. We, oh, ju- wow. we just made that transition yesterday. Oh, wow. That's really So new. now it's just set or closer, right? So it's an actual promotion. So if you're on the outreach team and you do, you do really well and we transition you to closing, now you're just receiving those appointments. That's big time. So man. it's, it's an actual promotion versus you were knocking to make quick money setting appointments. And now we're expecting you to go do it for three months and try and get an install. Mm-hmm. The landscape of Long Island is very different for the reasons we went, we went over before, but if you're getting appointments given to you and the company pays your referrals, it really now becomes a pretty simple game. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we're trying to do is transition to that. So I want to maximize that. I want to have the team doing 250 installs a month. Right now we're doing about a hundred, 120. Um, which is good. Oh yeah! I'm the, before you guys, before you and Jesse came in on this, there wasn't really anything. No, I mean we turned this into a thirty million dollar business in seven months. Wow, man, it's so crazy. Seven right? months, to, yeah. To say that out loud, how does that feel? It's it's not my company. I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> of course, but saying that out loud, it's all. I mean, it's listen. It's it's awesome. You know what it really does is it makes me understand. Like when I was at Vivint, the office that that Jesse and those guys were running did six hundred and fifty installs in a quarter. If you think about what that means, the average gross revenue off a, off a solar installation is like $20,000. So think about what that means. Six fifty times 20000 that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's three months of gross revenue for Vivint Solar. Do the math Tr- on that. And Trinity, the way they do it, it's like kind of like... Because they're the middleman, right? Kind of in a way, like we're not. Sonova it's the, is. Yeah, Sonova's. This, they're the finance, the finance partner. You know, we work with different. We let the banks be the banks. We're doing our own installs. We do our own sales. We do our own lead generation. We do our own admin work, permitting. The only thing we do is if it's a a lease or a PPA or something, we're paid in full the day it's installed. We're not waiting. We're not going for a retained revenue. We're no not debt. getting twenty years of payments. No, it's you. You keep the money. You keep the reoccurring payments. Give us the money and. That's it. You know, same thing. It's the same way any company gets paid off a loan or a cash deal. It's here. Give us the money and you wait. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. So you think Vivint's still the main competition? Vivint has a great name. You know what I mean? Vivint will always, Vivint probably has 10 times the amount of installations on Long Island that that Trinity does. 
Right. Yeah. Well, how long have they been here? You've been so, here for a year. Yeah. I mean, again, I think any company ultimately that can't figure out how to transition to this model and is expecting to recruit people in to do all everything in one shot. I mean, I've interviewed a thousand people since January. If I've met, if I've met 20 people that might be able to do the whole process at a high level, the minute I met them, I would say that's a lot. Yeah, man, it's it's a lot harder than people think, I think, knocking doors. 100%, especially if you're now trying to get in their house, have them sign a contract, tell them it's not a contract, it's just a work order, and then have them... It's an the, agreement. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's, it's a much harder game than, you know what I mean? Vivint, the, the beauty of Vivint was simplification. You know, they made something seem very hard, uh, simple. And that's that was the beauty of it, is mm-hmm. just go get this signed. And it was like, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I could do that. But I also feel like that's the, for me, in my opinion, I'm not saying this is you, but for me, like, that's also a reason people don't like Vivint because they can't customize their offer to what is best for them or in the beginning because it was just a PPA. Sure. Yeah, you, I, I agree with that. They can't lower, like, to 14 cents if but they But you made so to. much money there that it, yeah. it, for them, they were like, dude, why are you complaining? Your check this week was $5,000. It's like, yeah, mm. you're right. <laughs> True. You're right. Who cares? And yeah. and that was really it. You know, you got once you got to that level and you were kind of in that, like, leadership club, it, it was like, stop complaining. Your bank account is looking good. Yeah. Don't. And you were, you know, you went from zero to 100, like I said, in, in, in it, what felt like a quarter it was like, what is going? How is this even possible? Yeah, it's not. What other job really is there where you could make as much as you want like that? You know, like solar is a really interesting. There will there will be there there will be. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be something else like this, but the fact that we all got to experience it is uh, is is really special. Yeah. So, all right. So I want to know what else outside of solar, do you work on anything else? You, I know you said you write a lot. Do you? I, what What I really should be doing, and again, the reason I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm good at what I do is because I really don't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like I don't like, my, like my, my dad's down in Florida right now and he keeps, you know, hawking me to come visit him. You know, he's there for like two months with my little brother playing golf and Hanging out. Well, Kev's back now, right? Well, he's back, but yeah, I mean, he'll go back and forth a couple times because he just his passion is golf, and you know, you can't really play here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's, I'm not gonna go. You know, I, it's we have a company trip to Mexico coming up. I'm not gonna go. Like, that's just you know, I, I just, I'm not. People think I'm obsessive, and maybe I am, but I don't know. I get real passion out of being involved in what I'm doing on a day to day basis. It's the Gary V man. He he said he didn't do shit for like ten years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's unhealthy probably at some level. Um, but I'm just, at this point, I'm just addicted to progress. Yeah, get moving forward. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm in the flow moment right now, and I, and I want to keep pushing it. So you'll see where it goes. You're not really thinking of any... What other... I really need to do, because sometimes my day is done by noon, right? Like, I'll run a meeting, and there's, I don't have any interviews, and, you know, my guys are... The leaders are doing what they got to be doing in the field, and I'm sometimes I'll find myself saying, what do I do? Oh. That's when I should be putting together the, doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. Taking my content and finding a way to make it more streamlined and get it out there. It also, aside from 
like that would help people, you know, like that, that would help a lot of people. Dude, man. Maybe you can help me with that. You know, yeah. that, that to me has been the biggest thing is I, I think I've been waiting for somebody to help me do it. Right. Like I have the content, I have the mindset, I know how to build it. I just need somebody that's like, it's set up, go execute. This is how we're going to market it. And we're going to use your experience and you know what you've built and uh, we're going to get it out there. It's like, sign me up. You know, the hard part for me is just getting that initial step. Yeah, it's hard to get on iTunes, first of all. I'll tell you that right now. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm a- sure. But you know what, man? I, I really feel like, you know, this is why I like doing stuff like this, because as I go back and talk about my story, I don't do this, right? Like, I don't I, I don't talk to people like this. You know, That's why it, I love the podcast, man. It's like, you can meet a total, like, we're not strangers, but I, I've had so many people that I've obviously never met before, and they've opened up and talked to me for two hours and we've never done it. Like, you know, there's no forum like that where that can happen, where you don't look at your phone for two and a half hours. You know, like that's unheard of. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, too. If you can if you can find a way like I look at let me, let me tell you another story. So a guy that I work with in California when I was out there for Vivid, his name is Omar Elatar. Mm-hmm. So he's running a podcast right now called The Passionate Few. He just started this thing, I would imagine, less than a year ago, six months, maybe. And I saw him post something today. He interviewed Steve Wozniak. You know who Steve Wozniak is? Oh, yeah. from uh, Co-founder from of Apple. Apple yeah. yeah. So before that, he interviewed Grant Cardone. Before yeah. that, he interviewed uh, Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory, who I was telling you before, the guy who invented Quest. And uh, all of this happened within the last six months for him. Wow, man. It comes together. That's it. How, and, what did he do? He just reached out? Dude, this kid couldn't tie his shoelaces at Vivint. Like couldn't like couldn't talk to people was su- he was like this geeky skateboarder kid and just had no had no real idea but he found his passion he connect he was a big Tony Robbins guy always was into it and he just changed his life and now he's interviewing Ed Milet like these guys that are worth a billion dollars five hundred million dollars have built massive companies Beautiful. and he, six br- blew up blew up in like six months he started six months ago what my coach told me yeah what my coach told me when i was working with him constantly he goes the reason i'm doing this is because my parents never had the opportunity to use the internet for business Mm -hmm. like it just didn't exist he's like the fact that we have this tool and you can make hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a month not being tied to a geographic area by putting out your mindset what are, you, what are you, retarded? <laughs> How do you not do this? Yeah, so That's the Gary V too. That, that's why it's like my, he'll text me sometimes and he'll like jab me and be like, dude, I, yeah, you're doing well in solar, bro. Congrats. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I feel you. So, And he's living in fucking Bali. You know what I mean? And he's talking to people just like how we're doing it. And just, mm-hmm. hey, dude, you can live my life or you could be a pussy. And it's like. <laughs> Is that what it comes down to? Fear of starting it and fear of failure? I, I don't even fear failure. I just, you know, my, I guess my excuse is I don't have the time. That's what I keep coming back to. But there's always time. Mm, you just said you're done at 12 sometimes. I know. Dude, <laughs> trust me. I, at this point, I'm, you know, the way I work is kind of, I get to the point where I beat myself up over things to the point where I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. It just, I haven't hit that point yet. It sounds like you are beating yourself up. Uh, you sound, this is what I do. You sound like you have an inner conflict. Absolutely. Like, why am I not doing this? Absolutely. Yeah. I know it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I know what I have to do. And, uh, you know, it's just, I want to just do it. You know, maybe you and I will tag team. We'll have another guy sit right here and we'll freaking blow this up. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you'd, if you'd want to do that. But I need to just do something like mm-hmm. that because I have all of the fucking content. Yeah. I have it all. It's all on my computer. 
It's all high level. It's all from books that I've read. It's all from mentorship. It's all you're doing is regurgitating it in your own way. Yeah, man. If you want to start something, I'll help you start it. Like I'll, I'll literally set up your iTunes. I'll set it all up for you and you just go. Like we don't have to do it together. I feel like, you know, like your content might be a little different than what I'm doing. Yeah, so. it should be. But like I could, I'll set it up for you. I mean, if you want my help, I will help you. Yeah, with it. I just, dude, I, I, I gotta just get it started, and I have to put myself in a position where I can find a way to make one training for my teams, and then I could go keep the basic premise of it. Like, mm-hmm. well, I'll run through, I'll run through the training I did today with you. Yeah, go for it. So, from our industry, right? Like, people give up their time very willingly. Right, like if you come to work for outreach, or you come to go work for another solar company, and you make no money for three months, and you just hang out because you love the culture, like you were willing to give up your your time for three months, right? You didn't. There was no financial return, but if you're going to go to the gym and you hire a personal trainer, right? It's a hundred bucks a session. You're not going to go to the gym and hand this person a hundred bucks and then not work out, walk out or something. Yeah. You're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So theoretically, this is what I kind of trained my team on today, along with a couple of other things was if you had to pay me a hundred dollars to come to this meeting, would you sit here and not take notes? No. Right. If, if you had to pay $50 to go access our applications to get paid, to talk to people just to have appointments where you make 30 bucks and you know, so on and so forth with our pay scale, would you not get a minimum of two warm transfers, right? Two appointments set to make 60 bucks to at least get an ROI for the day. So if you set 12 appointments a week, right? Because, you know, you'll get paid 30 for each one. So you're making back your daily return. And then even 30% of those went to an appointment run. So you made some more money there. If we paid you 1,200 bucks for that and it cost you 300, that's a 386% return in one week. Putting it as like that is, is because what, because people. you spent the money right, it, but so people are so but it's fifty dollars right. So if you work five hours, that's five bucks. I'm sorry, that's ten bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. How so do you, how do you value your time? It's what it comes down to. But then people tell me, well, uh, you know what, dude, I don't think this job's for me. I need I need an hourly job. Okay, so what, I'll pay you ten bucks an hour. Go do the job, right? Like that's really what we're saying, right? So, what what astounds me, and this is what I was trying to do a recording on on the way home from the office earlier was how do you how, people value money more than their time? And it's like, dude, but you're working for free. So how are you so willing to give that up if you're making nothing? Whereas if you just paid me $50 before you walked out, you would guarantee get two at least. Mm-hmm. Your time's all you, your time is all you have. That's your most valuable asset is how you're going to use it. But dude, execute, right? Like, if you gave me $50 to go knock doors and I gave it back to you if you did two, you would go do two every day because you wouldn't want to lose the 50 bucks. For sure. But if I tell you go do that without having to give me the money, you're not going to, you, you'll justify why you're not going to do it. Yep. So yep. you'll work harder for that $50 you gave me to get it back rather yeah. than, right? Like business owners. My, my, my father owned a deli catering business for six, you know, 40 years. So before him, it was you know his dad my dad's expenses got up to 30,000 a week. Damn, how was I got The business was doing like 50, 60 a week. So it was it was a, it was a good business. But if they didn't make 30 grand plus that that they lost money, right? And that could happen. Right? But every single the vendors had to be paid, the employees had to be paid, like the business had to run. Mm-hmm. So that's how businesses work. You spend money then you, when you make more than you spend, you're profitable, right? So with the solar game and with 
sales and self-starting positions, if you didn't invest money, you just justify the fact that it's not, you're, you're not going to work. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what are you doing? So you're telling me again, just to recap, if you gave me $50, right? Like if you had to invest money to keep the fucking lights on in your business, that's what it takes for you to be successful. We're saying you can do this for free where you don't have to pay us and we'll coach you and mentor to make you money, yeah. but you're just going to go do nothing. Is this what you tell, like, the ones that aren't performing, or is this... I talk about it constantly. Like, yeah. McDonald's franchise, you need a million bucks to open one, right? Like, you're, you're not going to invest a million dollars and do nothing. No. Right? So it's like, what are we talking about here? We're giving you the opportunity to make six figures by just talking to people for free. Like, people can't, like, handle that. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think the thing with door-to-door knocking is there's such this uh, stigma or... Um People have the preconceived notion like people look down on people who knock doors. But that's bullshit. You know? We're not talking about that. We're, it's at a higher level now. We're talking about being an entrepreneur, opening a business, take door yeah. knocking out of it, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you, if you have a gate on your business, right? Like you own a city business that you can pull the gate down and you need to open that gate to do business to let customers into your store, that's, it's the same thing, right? If, you're not, if, you're, if your store door is locked and you can't get customers, <laughs> it's the same thing with not going out to work. Yeah. You have a hobby, right? Like we call them solar volunteers. You're working for free. <laughs> like that's not a job. The metaphors are what I'm liking right now. You know, like that's how that's how people really understand it's all it. analogies. And it goes back to the books that you like to read. You like to read the books that explain it how you're explaining it. Yeah. You know, like and you're just applying your own uh, examples. You just you just gotta do it, man. At the end of the day, and it's funny because the, the advice I'm giving you is what I should be telling myself. Yeah. And this is that's the internal <laughs> conflict because it's like, dude, I want to listen back to this podcast in six months when I have something for myself and say that was the turning point mm. because I've been beating myself up over this for probably six, maybe longer, maybe like a year at this point. Have you externalized it? Have you talked to your fiance and like said, these yeah, things? she thinks I, she thinks I'm a pussy. <laughs> so she thinks you're scared. Yeah, I bought dude. I bought the mic. I spent 300 bucks on the mic. I, I just I keep mm-hmm. looking at it and it collects dust. It's like the treadmill. In my house. It's like haunting you. You see it every day and it's like... But I keep justifying it because I'm doing well in other avenues. So I'm like, eh, I'll get to it when I get to it. It's kind of like what you said before with like you live doing a... You're not doing a shitty job. But like before when you said like, I'm doing a bad job, but at least I'm making money. Like for the people that are doing nine to five. Yeah. You know, like it's... It just... like you can do both, I think at this point. A hundred, I'm already doing it. What I'm what I'm doing versus what I want to be doing, like this is like really cool for me. Mm-hmm. I'm already cre- the hardest part is creating the content, mm-hmm. and I do that so easily. Yeah. Now I just need to find a way in another venue like this to vocalize it. Yeah, it's it's uh, Gary V says it all the time. Like, all right, let's say you work your nine to five and you sleep for eight hours, right? So that's whatever seventeen hours of your day is taken up right there. You still got seven more hours to do stuff. So let's say two hours for family time. Yeah. You got five hours right there. What are you doing? And the crazy thing is my fiance is an amazing graphic designer, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. the other side of it is can you make your stuff look pretty? She does that. I have the business side of marketing. Like the two of us can literally quit our jobs and go travel and just build a business. And both of us can live the life we want to live. And you actually could live the life you want to live. You know, like you're... You could do it. I know. <laughs> I know. Trust me. You're... I beat myself up over this. Like, I'm giving you an internal look into what's in my head. It's funny, man. It's uh, I forgot that she was a graphic designer, too, because I'm thinking of, like, making a few more logos. Maybe I'll oh, ask dude, her about she's, it. She's, she's amazing. She's so busy right now, though. Like, I can't. Like, I think we see each other, like, to sleep. 
Oh, it's her job. It's her real job. I told, yeah, dude, oh. she, she's working, she works, she got a job for this awesome company and her CEO is worth like $500 million. The guy's like a monster. And, uh, he puts on two conferences a year about transition businesses that are transitioning from retail to e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And she does all the graphic design for all of the events, the email campaigns, everything. So she'll do eight emails. You know, every time they get a new CEO that's coming in to speak, she'll create a whole graphic for this person, send it out to you know, the thousands and thousands of people that are in the database and she'll design signage for the events. Like all of her stuff will be hanging all over, you know, Vegas. It was in Copenhagen last year. Mm -hmm. You know, she's crushing it right now. So uh, I'm super happy for her, but she's getting up at, you know, 6 a.m. doing the big girl commute to the city, Mm -hmm. work until seven o'clock at night, commuting home. Like she come home like tired. Oh, dead, dead, dead. Like, you know, we'll have maybe have dinner together and then it's like, that's it. You know, the alarm clock goes off and you know, we'll pull the little puppy up that we got to, you know, between us and cuddle for, you know, 10 minutes and then that's it. That's, that's, that's You're both winded at that point. That's where we're at. You know what I mean? We're taking a vacation to Mexico end of March, which is something we desperately need. And, uh, you know, we're running the rat race right now. And I think it's going to get to a point where both of us are just like, what are we doing? Let's go podcast in Bali. (laughs) (laughs) Crazier things have happened. Yeah, man. Crazier things have happened, especially if you have the car. There's no reason, right? If you're making 50 grand a month, right? And you're able to live in Bali. Dude, a dollar. You can live there for like a king. (laughs) Mexico, any of those places. Well, that's what I'm trying to say, right? And Mm -hmm. and what's all you got to do is have a couple of clients that need your mentorship and you could charge them like a thousand, two thousand bucks a month, right? Mm-hmm. And because that's the easiest sale in the world, personal investment. It's like, dude, if you pay me a grand and I make you ten thousand this month through coaching, like that's an where where are you going to get that investment, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of how that whole sale would work, right? With some of these guys, and then these private coaching pages, like I'm doing it on the Slack thread, the group means you just create a community that people can plug into. Mm-hmm. And I know you. I just want to say this and uh, make you feel a little better. Uh, you say you're only giving this content to like 50 people, but you know they go home, they talk to their families and their friends about what they heard. Yeah, and, dude, absolutely. It's it's, go, it's not just, it's getting past those 50 people, bro. Which is really cool. No, 100%. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, dude. Again, I don't want to pee myself up. I, I, I yeah. think there's stages to this, right? I think I'm at the point now where if we look back over kind of where this came from, right? I've only been in the industry five years, right? I've only been thinking this way for five years, right? Maybe even less. Started as a rep. Got to an assistant manager, became a manager, then became a, you know, transition companies, became a manager, transitioned to a regional manager. And throughout that whole process, I've continued to grow. I've continued to learn. I've been continued to get different mentorship from different people. And I, I think ultimately at some point, the future goal will be to build something on my own, whatever that might be, you know, solar, I'll finish my career at Trinity at whatever point that is. And, uh, you know, I have no desire to start a solar company. That's just not ever going to be a goal for me. And so much of a headache. I'm sure. I don't want to deal with it. I just yeah. would never want to do it. And the next step for me will be taking the the coaching and the guidance and the mentorship that, that I really, truly care about and throw it out there. Applying all that stuff. Yeah. That you've learned. <laughs> yeah. And I could I could sit here and say a million different reasons as to why I think I haven't done it yet. But, mm-hmm. you know. I, I just haven't, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll own that, and it hurts, but you know, I'll do it at some point. So why don't we, on air right now, de- declare that you will do this, and yeah. I'll, and I'll help you, bro. Okay. Like if you really want to do it, and every whoever is going to listen, like three hundred people, three fifty will hear this, something like that. Yeah, I, d- I, d- I declare. Next time I have it, I'll, uh, I'll, you know, 
maybe I'll come back on if you'll have me, or you know, you'll you'll mention it and say he actually did it. Fuck yeah, bro! Let's do it anytime you want to come on, man. Like, I I think people are gonna get sick of hearing from me. (laughs) No, hope not. If you're gonna have your own, (laughs) you don't want that. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. (laughs) I love the concept of what you do with the interviews, dog, because it's so cool to go back and forth and have people. Because if if I'm driving down the highway right now and I'm listening to this, I feel like I'm part of the conversation. Yeah, you know, if it's just one person talking into a mic at you. It's like, shut up, dude. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck do you know? Yeah. But if you're part of these conversations, it kind of, you know, it's like the, like we're sitting at a bar together and the guy next to us on the stool is just kind of listening to the conversation. People are always interested in what other people are talking about, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. It's it's like, oh, shit. What, what did you I just do? do? I just hear, hit this with my hand. Do you hear that? Yeah. Oh, so there you go. Thank you. I don't know what that was. I went to go scratch my head. Um... Fuck, what was I saying? Say what you just said again, and I'll remember what I was going to say. With, with, yeah, with, you know, people are being are more interested in listening to other people's conversations than listening to one guy just talk. Yeah, it's, um, so you feel like you would need another person in that, in that respect. I think it would be really cool, because you know what I mean? Like, this type of stuff is fun, and, you know, the only way I think you can really succeed in anything is if it doesn't feel like work. You know what I mean? If you're sitting there in your own head, like, did that sound good? Or, mm. you know, like, we've been very organic with this from when we sat down, even from when I kind of walked in the door and started kind of BSing with your parents. <laughs> you grabbed an espresso, like, it was totally... But that's what it has to be. It can't feel like work. That's why what I do now, I feel like I do well, because it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. If I'm sitting there and I'm like, did that sound good? And I'm stressing myself out about it. And like, do I really want to do this? Versus mm-hmm. this, which is much more organic, because it's just a back and forth. And you have time to think. It's like a game of tennis. It goes back and forth and back and forth. Versus you just like, my name is Brett and this is my podcast. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> it goes back. It, it, it everything revolves around like uh, Vivin in my head. Like I could always relate it back to some lesson I learned um, managing expectations. So with this, I just say, I from the very beginning, it's like I'm here just to have real conversations with people, and it's worked. It's, it's all it is. But it, it hasn't felt like work for you, right? Hell no, man. Which is why you're going to be successful with it. Bro, we've been here for an hour and 40 minutes on air. Really? Do you? Re- how do you, long does it feel? 20 minutes. Exactly. But that's what I'm trying to say. That's when You could do this for the rest of your life and it wouldn't feel like work for you. Which, no. is, which is the coolest thing because that's how it will materialize into something. Because people want to connect with that because they don't have that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool, man. Thank you. But that's what it, it is. Yeah. Right? That's the biggest thing. If people know what you do every day is just fun for you. They're like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to listen to. That's what I want to hear. Because that's, they scroll through Instagram. They scroll through Facebook. They turn the news on. It's just a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. If they can feel something real, they're like, that's real. They, they, there's, we all have that sensor mm-hmm. where it's like, that's real. Yeah. And you want to stay connected to it in some way. You're right. It's like the same. That's why I love Gary V. He's fucking straight up. With but think about like does. even your friends, right? Like the people you're super tight with. I heard you talk about this. I, I don't know if it was on the episode you just had the other day that I was watching through the live stream. But there's people you just disconnect from because you're like, I can't even connect with you anymore. Yeah. We don't have anything in common. It's nothing against you. But these type but. of conversations, like this is the shit that I live for. You know what I mean? When you can Me connect, too. When you can connect with people and the time just flies by, you're like, I like this. Like, this is real. When you have these fake, forced, fucking bullshit conversations with people, you're like, 
What the f- This did nothing for you. It was nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Small what? talk, like the weather. Fuck. Why the <laughs> fuck am I here, dude? What? Why? Like, let's go deep or let's not fucking do this. Like, I could, I'd rather be home petting my dog and chilling with my fiance. Yeah. How, how long can we talk about how crazy it's, it is that it snows? Oh, dude, I haven't seen you since high school, man. How's everything? It's like, I don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're doing something like this. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, oh, dude, you're still in your same shitty job making fucking no money and you live at home. Like, awesome, bro. We got so much in common. Living for the weekend. Oh, it's like, yeah, dude, let's go party and fucking max out our credit cards. Like, no, you're a, you're, you're a loser. <laughs> Not trying to do that, dude. So, so like, um, the people who are like, oh, it's Monday. Like, you never feel that. No, dude, it's the same thing you feel here. I mean, do I? I have ba- bro, I have bad days all the time. But you would, I, I like what I do, and I'm very, uh, in, you know, I'm very involved and very grateful anytime that I can be because every single morning, and this is another habit that my fiance and I have have deployed, and it's really helped us. Is for the last, I think it's like over 500 days now. Every single morning, we wake up and write something that we're grateful for. Literally, write it down every day in our grateful journal. We have literally a journal that says the grateful on it. Wow, man, that is see. No one does that, you know. Like, what percentage of the population you, you, does that? You know what no the cool, one. you know what the coolest thing is for us is, you know, we'll have our little tiffs. You know, we've been together like eight years, and uh, she'll, we'll, we'll get a little fight about something, right? And like, she'll wake up before me, I'll wake up before her, whatever. And and we'll, typically, what we write in there is something we're grateful for about the other person. So it's like we'll fight about something, and then like I'll wake up and I'll write like grateful for you for this reason. And then she'll go read it, and then I'll go to the gym or something and come back, and she's gone already, and then she'll write, like, grateful for you about that. And it's like, everything is gone at that point. Wow, man. That is so nice. How, how did you guys get started with that? Did, did you just, read that in a book? <laughs> uh, it's just, you know what it was? It was the, you know, post three things you're grateful for type stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like to do anything half-ass. If you're going to do it, do it. Don't write you're grateful for the My weather, family. fruit roll-ups, and Cheerios. Yeah. Like, what? Like, No. Like go like make it mean something or don't do it. Like I just I hate shallow. Mm-hmm. What's the fucking point? Fuck yeah. What's man. the fucking point? Like why? Yeah. Why 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 bullshit, I guess, in a way. It's in the group me it used to always be like on the Saturdays. We would get uh I'm gonna explain to the audience, you obviously know this. We on Saturdays we would have incentives. But you would only qualify for the incentives if you're on the phone call, the conference call in the morning at like 9 a.m. And you would have to post things that you're grateful for. And most of the time it was the same things. It was, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for uh, my friends. And I'm grateful for like one other thing. Everyone would post the same things and not really get too in-depth about the things that they actually are grateful for. So... What you're saying is great because, like, you have to put a little bit of thought into it, put in a little effort into what you're and think about what you are grateful for. And it's the things like Tony Robbins says to do, where you just talk about, <laughs> you get in a picture, talk about the things like, uh, you know, the Tony Robbins breathing exercise that he loves yeah, to do? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he says, like, really think of these three things that you're grateful for for 30 breaths, breathing in and out over and over again. Why are you grateful for these things? <laughs> what is the reason that you want to do this? What is the reason that you're here? Like it, everything starts with being grateful. You can all your problems that you have. You 
can totally stop worrying about those things if you just live in how grateful for you are. You live in America, most likely, if you're listening to this. Like, that's it. That's enough right there to be, fuck all those little problems. Like, you know how pissed you could be? Like, you got a fucking, like, $80,000 car. And you could be, how pissed could you be if someone hits your bumper or whatever? I forgot how what you said happened exactly. But, like, how many people would just go off and be like, this fucking guy hit my fucking car this morning, you know? Like, who, who do you think you are, like, going off on him? Like, what is that going to do for you, man? Nothing. You live in America. You're making a shit ton of money compared to most people your age. Like, you're... <laughs> what, you don't think so? No, I was just trying to readjust. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And, like, just be so grateful for what you have. You have a family that loves you. Like It's the, it's the little things, man. You know, I, I always post things on, on our group chat. Like, this morning I posted, uh, you know, the first thing was... I forget exactly how it went, but, you know, the first thing you should be grateful for is the fact that you were you woke up this morning. Yeah. Yo, I was, that's so cool you said that. I was in my shower today, and I was like this. Thank you. Like, thank you for letting me wake up. That's awesome. And I genuinely meant it, and I never did that before. I'm not saying I do that every day, but for some reason, I did that. Awesome. And I was like, what the, what, what came over me just now? And that's, I want to yeah. just be there every day. That's I, everything. I need to take some notes from you and actually write down my shit every morning, my goals for the day. Just do it. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't write my goals down every day. I don't, you know, that's not, you know, that, that would obviously be a really good practice. The big, just, just the little things, right? Like one thing or two things you're grateful for. For me, it's really cool because it's, it's proved to be a great exercise for me and my fiance. And, uh, you know, we, we really, we really, it, it's worked wonders for us. You know, we, we've always, we have this like very little kid relationship, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, y- you know, we're, 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 we're happy because of it, you know? And I really think that's, that's, that's a big aspect of it is choosing to be grateful. Cause you can't be grateful and angry at the same time. Mm-hmm. I've been around you guys like a handful of times and I could feel that, you know, you feel that vibe, you know, like you guys are happy. I think I even met her mom when we were at yeah. uh, Calabuso's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just just as cool as Ashley. Yeah. Is. Like she's, she's I che- I checked that out before I, you know, before I made that commitment. Yeah, you checked out the mom. You she everything was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So I really feel like what you're saying, like all that really is true and I respect you a lot. Thanks, dude. So um I really would love to help you with this and see what you can do with it because I know you can go real far with it. We just got to, I just got to do it, man. You know, the, I really feel like like the summer is going to be when things kind of pop off and we just, you know, mm-hmm. you just got to, because that's the thing, dude. There's girls on Instagram that just show their ass every day and make like, it's not even about the money. It's just the fact that if you don't exist online, you don't exist. It's fucking true, man. Because my sister, she's 15. Does not her TV's not plugged in. She doesn't watch television. It's only online. Yeah, that's all they do. So and that's the generation that we need to appeal to if we're gonna be. Well, that's the thing. And so, so just a you know another story here, and it's kind of so crazy because as I go through this stuff, it's like I've actually done a lot of cool shit. So the 10x Growth Conference that Grant Cardone put on last year, uh, me me and Ashley went to that, and we went and we got like the ultra high VIP section. And I bought it like from Grant Cardone himself. And he gave me this like really cool deal where he's like, if you buy it for me right now at the level I was going to spend, I'll let you take an Uber up to my place and we'll drive, we'll get coffee together and I'll take you to the conference. And we're like rolling around his Rolls Royce. And it was like, how the fuck can I say no to that? 
So bought the tickets. Long story short, it actually ended up happening. Like we we met him, we met his wife, rolled around, got Starbucks with him. It was a really cool experience. And the second day of the conference, they had like this boat party for like VIPs. And we were there and I met these two kids that were 19 years old. And I'm like, like, are you guys here with your parents? Like, like, what do you, what do you guys do? And they're like, no, we do YouTube. I was like, shut the fuck up. You do YouTube. What does that even mean? He goes, yeah, I have uh, you know, like 2 million subscribers. You know what he does? He films himself playing video games. Twitch, man. That's what Twitch is. And he, I'm like, what, like, do you do well? He goes, yeah, I made $1.4 million last year. So now I'm friends with them on, on Instagram and Facebook and I reach out to them all the time and oh. like they're really cool kids and they literally film themselves playing Minecraft and they make over a million dollars, over a hundred thousand dollars a month. And I'm like, that's the world we fucking live in. Yeah. And you either adjust or you get pissed about it. Like people I'm get- pissed. <laughs> I'm fucking pissed, dude, because I'm like, this kid's 19. He plays video games and, and gives reviews and like cheats and hacks to fucking do better. And it's like. You can make money doing the dumbest fucking shit if you're just passionate about it. Anything you like to do. And it's all on, like, the internets around us. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's fucking in the air. And you could just make money there because you're connected to so many goddamn people. Mm-hmm. It's anything that you like to do. You could love, like, what Gary Vee says, like, all right, you love knitting, right? Knit fucking mittens and you can make 70 grand a year if you put them, put them all online. It's, the craziest <laughs> thing is your ability to connect with people, right? If you show you have half a fucking brain, and I'm cursing now because I'm actually getting fucking into this, and you could literally end up connecting with Gary Vee. You could end up connecting with, you know, like this guy, like that kid Omar who I was just telling you about. Mm-hmm. That kid's interviewing people that are worth a billion dollars. It's like, in what world would a dude who was nobody six months ago be able to even get in the same room as that person. Oh man. Climbing a corporate ladder, right? Like if you want to be if you wanted to become that guy's like like right hand man, you know how long that would take you? Yeah, building up 10 years, maybe more. And all those people are interested in the same thing he's in, which is just attention, right? Yeah. So they'll do it because what do they have to lose? Hell yeah. Which is the craziest thing. And like he put together this whole thing now on how to like reach out to people and like get them to to be on your show. Yeah, you. What I'm. What I do. I just DM everyone or email them. Whatever, dude. A yeah. Majority of people, I bet you, write you back. Oh yeah, man. I got some emails. I I'll read you a really weird one. Actually, I'll just tell everyone on air. These people hit me up. I'll read the email to you because it's so weird. It's like where's it from? Who is it? It's this company called FC. All right. So they were said. They said hello. Weekly sit down. I have a wonderful opportunity for you. FC Corp is a world-renowned organization that's been known to master all fields from bar ownership to real estate and even human trafficking. Yeah, this is a scam. FC Corp is owned by three wildly handsome men that would love to sit down and chat with you. You're getting trolled, dude. I believe this would be beneficial to all parties. Yeah, you're getting trolled. Yeah, they, they, yeah absolutely. <laughs> no, what I said was it actually it, it, it was a good excuse, but... They were like, I was like, human trafficking, can you explain that one? And they were like, oh, consulting, sorry, that's a weird typo. Yeah, they're trolling <laughs> the shit out of you, dude. Yeah, I just stopped answering that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was pretty smart. You'd yeah. have the guy show up to your house and you'd be like a freaking 80-year-old in his underwear. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but no, I've gotten a few emails. The things that I love to get the most are when people are like, keep doing what you're doing because I'm actually loving it. Well, that's the biggest thing, right? If The second somebody gives you that validation that you're doing a good job, it's the biggest fire. 
Mm-hmm. Right? It's like that's everything. Yeah. Shout out Nico. He always tells me how great, how much he loves it. That's the key, dude. Because the second somebody gives you the validation that it's like, dude, you're doing it, you're like, shit. Like I'm actually, I'm actually fucking impacting somebody's life, and that's so real mm-hmm. that it 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 gives you goosebumps because you're like, that's awesome. Yeah, like when my guys text me at the end of like one of my trainings and they're out there in the field and they're and they're doing better because of it, like there's no better high. Yeah, and that's with like a guy who I see face to face and I'm running a keynote for. Yeah, man. Like if you can have that type of power on a world, like I can only imagine how Gary V feels. You know, many people hit that dude up and buy his sneakers and books and like just because he's him, like that dude must feel like the king of the goddamn world. And everyone can be that. That's it's that's that, what it is. That's that's why I like these conversations because it makes you think bigger. You know, and it makes you think higher because that's really the only thing that makes any sort of a difference. The only thing that ever it's, it's cliche as fuck, but everything the only thing that holds you back is yourself in your own self. And what, and what and what you believe is possible. That's really it. You know, again, if, if you come from a if you come from a family that's just like they constantly tell you you can't do something and you're just kind of like you have to do that this way and this is how it's going to be for you and you believe that that's what your fate's written. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was in that for like twenty something years. <laughs> yeah, but if you truly believe that anything's possible, yeah, then you've won. Yeah, man, I feel like I'm winning now, even though I'm not making money yet. It's the law of the lid, man. If mm-hmm. you keep raising that lid, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. I think you, in particular, after telling me all this stuff that you have today, you have a lot of connections. So where if you were to start a podcast and they were like helping you out, the kid with the two million followers on YouTube, bro, and if he just puts one Instagram post of go, I didn't even think about that, dude. I didn't even think about that. That's so yeah, you're 100 percent right. I could literally text that kid and be like, hey, dude, would you get on my podcast? And and he would be like, I'm hoping he'd say yes. Yeah. Again, we taught we met like one time. You know what I mean? But you know, he was cool about it. He's like, if you need help with anything, like hit me up. Yeah, man. Even- he was so humble because at 19 years old, he was like, he just like knew he like he was shocked himself he was in that position and he just did it mm-hmm. to the point where he was just like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> Not even that just that kid. Your whole your whole network that you have now, like your fifty reps, if they all put out your podcast, you know how much dude, of it listen, I, you're a hundred percent right, dude. I gotta just like Sunday, I just gotta do it. That's like the only day I have to myself. I, I should just literally start doing it. I have the mic. I have. I just gotta. Yeah. I just maybe. I, what I mean, do you just interview? So you, like, I, I don't like. That's the thing. I feel like if I'm just gonna sit in front of a thing and ramble, I feel like people would be like, no. "This guy's an asshole." No, no. You go into it with a concept. You you have to know what name you're gonna use. I already have the name. You have your name? Yeah. All right. You know your logo? Uh-huh. It's all done. I have a website already, too. I just did literally... I, literally, I, paid, I paid for the domain. I just never did anything what with it. What are you doing? What are you doing? I got, like, just about to stick it in, and then I just said, I'm done here. Yeah, you got a softy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right at straight, the end. Straight up, yeah. Oh, bro. So, uh, bro... If I you, already have... You want me to tell you the name? If you want to share it, yeah. You think somebody's going to rip it off? No. You sure? You have the website already. I do. Fuck, you own it. Sure. Go for you it. Ready? The release. Is this the release? Yeah, let's drop it. Is yo. this the release? <laughs> drop it. All right, you ready? Yes. I'm kind of nervous. Because <laughs> this is real, man. I know. This is fucked up. People are going to be like... They're going to type it in. Did say, he hold his, did himself he accountable and actually do it? All right, you ready? You're making me nervous, bro. My heart's beating. <laughs> do it. Mindset over skill. 
the Mindset Over Skill podcast. I like it. Yeah. And you it's have a, a dope logo. And you have a dope, I was just going to say. Mindsetoverskill.com. Check it out, dude. Oh, so it's made? It's up. You have a fucking website? Yeah. Type it in. Let's see if it's still hosted. I paid for, I, paid, I think it was a year, less than a year ago. For, I paid, for, it's through Squarespace. Mindsetoverskill.com. Check it out. My, I have weeklysitdown.com and it'll be done by Saturday. Uh, oh, that's a nice little announcement. So Saturday, my website will be up. Mindsetoverskill.com. It's a really cool logo. Too. Ashley did a good job with it. I like simplicity. I don't like crazy shit. Yeah, mine's real simple. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, that is. It's still up. Mindset over skill. Holy shit. Learn, Check that out. Let's learn more. There's not it's not gonna say anything. Oh, okay. I do. We literally we just I just paid for it and we just left it up. Yeah, there. man. Real simple. That's what it is. This thing right here, right? Yeah. Yeah. M over S. It's like an equation. I like it, dude. Yeah, mindset over skill podcast. So Sunday I'll come over and start you up. Dude, if, you're, if you want it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I got to do it, dude. Listen, you can, I'll interview you as my first podcast. Oh, that'd be awesome. I would be honored, bro. For you be the, you be the, I, you pop, I pop your, you pop my, I, would I pop yours or you pop mine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I popped yours today. Your interview, Cherry. So then I'd pop yours. Yeah. But while also popping your podcast, Cherry. So there'd be a lot of cherry popping. Oh yeah. There's cherries everywhere. Oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, done. I'm All in. right, I'm devoted. In. I'm in. Let's shake Fuck on yeah. it. Fuck yeah, bro. All I'm right. Not, I'm not kidding. Dude, I'm not kidding either. All right, we're doing it. So Sunday morning. I'll set it up right at my kitchen table, and we'll just, we'll do it, dude. 100%. I got to go. You got to tell me what all the, where you got all this shit. I have the computer. I got whatever that is. I got to buy that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You need a mixer. Um, Yeah, you definitely need that. <laughs> that's That's a mandatory one. All right. Yo, you got to like, I'll Amazon everything. Let's just do it. Yeah, no, I'll come there fully prepared. I'll have the full list of like the checklist of everything that I needed to get started. I still have I got to just make the it's the same thing I went over before, bro. If my reps paid 50 bucks every day to go to the, to go to to work, they would actually I just got you I just got to invest the money. I just got to spend whatever 1000 bucks whatever the stuff costs and just go do it. All this 400 bucks. No way. Excluding this mic cuz this mic's a, the mic you're using is a really dope mic. I think my I think I already have this mic. It's probably the same thing. The Yeti mic is not cheap. It was like 400 bucks. Yeah, that's what that is. Oh, so then dude, I'm good. So the most expensive yeah. thing is, is Everything done. besides that, the all this is 400 bucks. That's it. Get the fuck out of here. Swear to god. Bro, I'm going to bring this shit to the office like in the, the head of my one of the guys in my company, uh the general manager runs. You see this? That's your little travel bag? I've I've gone to Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, everywhere. Oh shit, Johnny's calling me. Dude, have him come over. He wants me to go see his dad perform. What's his dad do? His dad's like a singer. Yeah. Oh, that's He's cool. A rock star. But everything fits in this bag. But aside from that, mic. dude, you gotta hook me up, bro. Hundred percent. Let's do it. And, I, and you know what? I'm gonna feature my top reps each week on the podcast. Yeah, man. I already see, dude. You got you, my you got my wheels turning. Yeah, you're definitely. What going. was it like to be 20 years old and make three grand this week? How did that yeah. feel? And yeah, exactly. And no one, how many 20 year olds feel that feeling? You know, that's why it's rare. for. Well, them. that's the thing. I feel like my demographic is going to be like 18 to like or ahead of their time true. where like they want like the 19 year old yeah. at 16. He was thinking. So like, yeah, maybe. Sure, man. Mine's mine's a little older because I taught I have uh, I've had like Lawrence Krauss on the air. And yeah, like, I don't know. Google Come him. on. Google him. Come on. Lawrence. This guy in the world is Stephen Hawking. Google him. That last time he was like, what does he live on the science channel? He's just always on, bro. That's what he is. He's Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's just not as famous as him, but he's... He's like Bob Ross. He's just painting shit. <laughs> yeah, he's always painting. No, but that dude... 
like I've had like older people on. So and I really am into like those spiritual conversations and I'm really into science and like how we how the fuck did we get here? Stuff like that. Your yours is more like self-help, I guess. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. So like it's a little different, but it's along the same lines. Well, it all has the same roots. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it all, it's all self-awareness. It's, it's all out of curiosity. Yeah. Like, we want to just learn, you and I. You yeah, know? You, you, you have to just be a student, right? The second you stop learning is the second you just start dying, right? The, the, the only time you ever feel like you're stuck is when you're just not trying to grow, right? When you're not trying to learn something, when you're just coasting, not progressing, right? Like... It's like the little little Wayne song, like live life. What what is it? Uh, Which one? <laughs> uh, I for, I forget. I don't know. It's like live life progress or something like that. It was like a little phrase that I t- I don't know. I don't know why I said little Wayne. Like live life. Some I don't know. Yeah, he's the authority on self help, Lil Wayne. That would be. <laughs> That's him. I don't know how I even tied those two together. <laughs> no, but I, I don't even like rap. That's so crazy. Little Wayne uh, does have some insightful music at times. I guess I don't know. He's just drinking too much Nyquil or something at this point. What? Uh, so what else, dude? So what's what? What? Where else do you want to go with this? With is in terms of your podcast? No, just oh. in terms oh, of here? getting back on track. Um, are we gonna be here for six hours? Like what else? I mean, I can I keep mean, vibing with you if you want to keep going. Man, I I will never be the one on the podcast to be like, we're done here, like get out of here, unless my computer dies or. I have to go do something, which I don't really have to. Like, I don't care to go to the bar and go drink with Johnny right now. But so, like, I'm here. So if, then what's if, next, if, dude? If, Where are we going? I mean, do you have some questions? Because. Do I have some questions? I mean, dude, I. Yeah, I got some, I guess. I mean, what. what you know, like, the way I like to do these, my favorite podcasts are conversations. And it's more like that more than interviews. Yeah. So, like, a real conversation. So, where do you. So, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I like that. So, I, I guess the question for you is, is, is where. I mean, where do you see yourself? Where do you see these? Where do you see this thing going for you? Like, realistically. Realistically is. Uh, funny term for me because okay. i don't think anything is impossible i, I love that so I, where do so do you see yourself being like how do you see your style of interviewing changing as you as you as you do this hmm my, that's a good question my style of interview changing um depends on the guest i would assume if um if it's someone like this where i'm really comfortable with you i like these kind of i like conversational interviews if it's someone like Lawrence Krauss, if you listen to that one, I'm just spitting out questions over and over again because I asked before I had the the uh, interview. He just can't she just showed up to your house. No, no, Skype. Oh. Skype, Skype, Skype. I was gonna say, did he walk in and like <laughs> no. say what's up and then just Hell come no. hang out? No, no, we had him on Skype and you could see people like running in and out of the frame. Like he he's so busy. He only had 25 minutes. So I I had to just spit out question after question. And how did you do it? You just like do you didn't you didn't, are are you trying to get to a point where you have video as well? Yeah. Um. So my thing, I'm, I have another job right now too. So I work for this company in the city called Outer Nets. Okay. And it's a sales job. You're um, still in sales? Yeah. I'm still I didn't doing know that. Sales. Three days a week, I go to the city and. Is it phone B to B? Like, what do you do? It's business to business. Yeah. How is that? I gotta imagine New York City are probably not good. No, it's it's all on the phone and email at this point because I'm I'm real new. I just started a couple months ago. I stopped doing the tutoring because that's why I left initially. But oh yeah, that's right. I was doing SAT tutoring. Uh, then this thing came up. Um, so this thing is 
it's really cool technology too. I just don't want to do sales forever. Like I want to do this forever, but it's technology where, so like, let's say you own an H and M right uh, in the city and you have a front window. We will, we have this technology where we'll put a screen on your window on the inside and it has three little cameras on it. It counts the eyeballs that look at it. Get the fuck out of here. It knows how many people look at it every day. And so, like, let's say it's an H&M and you're walking by. It automatically knows, all right, you're a male between 20 and 30. It'll, Based on your eyes or it scans no, you? No, it scans you. It knows you. It just counts eyeballs in re- for... It's like some iRobot shit. Bro, you don't know where... I've had some VR people on and some augmented reality dudes, and they've told me some shit where it's like... I'm getting off on a tangent, but let me go back to that because it's real interesting. But this thing, it'll it'll scan you and it'll be like, hey, where are you going? It won't say your name, but it'll say, where are you going? And you'll be like, if it gets your attention and you walk over to it, it'll pop something on the screen that H&M sells that it thinks you should buy. It'll show you what wow. you... Wow. And it'll show you like wearing it? Wearing it. It'll show you wearing it. What do no. it look like on you? You know, like um, those little square barcode things? Yeah, the QRF things or yeah. whatever it is. You just scan it with your phone, and then you could just buy it right from there and walk in and pick it up right there. And you don't have to wait on a line. It's ready for you to go, and you just leave. Holy shit. Yeah. So it's the, That's the world we... Yeah, dude. It's that's fully customizable, going. though. Like McDonald's has the same exact technology. What, it shows you getting fatter as you walk <laughs> past the door? <laughs> That would be amazing. No, it shows like, all right, you're uh, you're 20 to 30 male. It's going to show you a Big Mac. But if you're a little kid, show you some chicken nuggets and a Happy Meal. You know, like, mom, bring me in there. You know, like it it, it all gets That's you to so come crazy. inside. Yeah, man. And you interact with it. You how the f- do you, how do you sell you that is that like the sales pitch you give to these people? Like, what does that cost? Is that that's got to be expensive yeah, no, as it's fuck? Twenty two hundred a month. Yeah. To have it. That's not cheap. Yeah, no. And if you want Well, for a big business doing a ton of money, the ROI is probably pretty good. Yeah, if you own real estate in Manhattan, you can swing it. So it doesn't really matter. Um, But at this point, it's either you sell for for like an H&M if they want to buy the technology for themselves. Or like let's say your dad, if he wanted to advertise his business, there's seven slots on each um, projector. For advertising, so they're 60 seconds each. So you could advertise on something also on each one. So that's crazy. Go through there. Even more crazy is it has interactive ability where you can play Angry Birds on this thing with your hands. You know, you can just, you could play games on this thing. So I'm going to show you a video after we get off air. There's people lined up to use this instead of going in the store. Like there's there's a line for this device. Yeah, they have it at this candy shop. They're, they're, they just It's a startup, so it just started in September. This dude was just at uh, CES in Vegas, and they he won an entrepreneurial award. That's awesome. Some kind of award. His name's Omer, and I only met him because I had him on the podcast. And now you work with and him. And now I work with him, as, and I was the second sales rep. There's only one other sales rep before I got there. Now I'm the second one, and then Johnny was going to do it, and then... Something happened where, like, I guess since he signed some deal with Viv and he can't leave, or else he'd have to give all his money back. <laughs> so he can't Was do it. Was Johnny on here? Yeah, he's been on a couple times. He's co-hosted a few. I love that kid. Yeah, man, he's uh, he's living life. He's trying to get into Twitch too. Like he he, there's a video game that he loves, so he's trying to make money playing that video game. He's dude, he's a hustler, man. Yeah, I got nothing but respect for that guy. Yeah, man, he's he's doing it. 
Um, but what I was saying about the augmented reality, I think you'll like this. So our vision right now, we see shit in 8K. Humans see stuff in 8K. They're going to make 8K televisions where you can't distinguish what's real and what's not because it, it is the same thing that you see. So these, these VR people are telling me that eventually VR is going to get to the point to where you can't distinguish reality from not reality because it looks exactly the same. And they're going to... In, in, That's crazy. They're going to implement smell. They're going to implement touch. They already have touch, bro. They invited me. They invited me to go to their office in the city and actually play with all this stuff that they have there, their mm-hmm. VR. And I'm juggling. I'm in VR. I'm inside a Jaguar dealership because they sell these to Jaguars. And I'm walking around and they give me like a ball and I could juggle the ball. You know, like in VR, I'm doing something and there's haptic feedback. So I feel the ball in my fake hand. You know? Oh my god, dude! People Bro. are ne- people are never gonna leave. Like it's gonna get to a point where no. people are just like stuck in their house, living in some fantasy world. You're exactly right. This is what he said. He said there's gonna be VR offices, so you're gonna wake up and go to your VR office and see your VR uh, worker friends. Dude, you know what's crazy? Yeah. So this whole cryptocurrency market, right? So I was reading, like I, I got into it a little bit in December, made a few bucks and like kind of was out. I never, you know, I never was getting to the point where some of the people we know are kind of going nuts with it. And I was doing some research on one of these coins out there. And there was like this coin that allowed you to buy like virtual real estate. How is that? How do you like, do that? How do it you was, even decide? I, it was, it, I, dude, it was, it, it made no sense <laughs> to me, but that was like the, the point where I'm like, this shit is getting crazy. Because it kind of ties into what you're saying. Because like, yeah, I own the most virtual real estate in the world. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's like real life monopoly. I, it was like the like you could literally spend these fake coins to buy fake real estate. <laughs> but dude, you know what's really crazy? And 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 I was talking to this guy who used to work at Vivint, no longer works there. And I'm not going to go into any names because I don't want to kind of throw out his business model. But what he's talking about doing right now is just the craziest concept in the world. And I think you'll appreciate this. Crazy so, good, crazy bad. It's 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 to me it's ingenious. Like he's either oh. going to be a billionaire or he's just going to be like that was just the stupidest thing in the world. But this is the, the premise of it is really crazy. So think about it this way, right? Let's say you live on a cul-de-sac and I'm a solar rep. I I, I own my own solar company, right? And whether it's a dealership, or I start my own solar company, and I install every house in this cul-de-sac. Let's say there's eight of them. Right. And then there's a couple of houses on the other side that don't qualify because of tree issues and shading and bad roof and whatever. So the the reality of most solar companies is they they'll they'll produce the power and then they'll sell you the power at a cheaper rate. Right. That's the concept. So the they're the whole concept of the business model is he wants to control the, he wants to put the solar in the house. So he wants to control that model of it. And then he wants through like a blockchain through like a ledger he wants to be able to say, okay, one, uh, the, the first house here produced 1,000 kilowatts. That goes into like a blockchain, right? And the power is distributed through the blockchain between people's homes. He, he's done this? There's coins out there, like a power coin, which is literally, it, it's already doing it. Wow. So he wants to integrate the model of controlling the solar, right, by being the solar company mm-hmm. and then controlling where that power is going. So for the two houses that don't qualify, they can literally buy the electricity with like crypto coin from that 
other house that's actually producing it. Whoa. It sounds there's it sounds awesome. It's crazy. But I'm sure there's a lot of moving parts with this, like approvals from PSEG. Oh, I'm sure it's a whole like, concept, but yeah. that's the kind of like when he broke this idea down to me, I, I wasn't like, dude, that's like I was like the fact that you're thinking like that is just next level. That means level. something. Yeah, that's next means level. Something. Like the fact that you're because everybody's like, well, how do I put more solar panels on people's homes? Like, yeah, that's cool, but that's like, I didn't even think about that. That was like, what the fuck? Like, you're combining like crazy shit and making it like dope. That's progressive thinking, man. Dude, because if you can control that, basically you're knocking the power company out of, you know, if there's a way to connect them. That like, makes me think that's why it wouldn't work. Like, they'll find a way to not let it work. Yeah, yeah, probably. You know? Again, yeah. And, and maybe maybe I didn't fully describe the idea the way he pitched it to me, but yeah. it, it, the, the concept was just nuts. That's the craziest thing, right? Yeah. If you can sit here and have these conversations, like the iPhone and all this other, like VR and everything you were just talking about, like that was all nothing, right? Like it was just somebody's idea. Yeah. And now it's like dramatically affecting everybody's life. How absurd would it have sounded like five years ago, you know, anything VR, like even playing a video game 10 years ago, sorry, five years there was VR 10 years ago. Dude, yeah. like it's going to get to a point where people are not even going to be in like relationships. They're literally going to like put their VR mask on and go have sex with like some porn star. No, they have the fucking sex dolls. Dude. Oh, do they? I they, didn't even know that. They have sex. Like people are dolls. never, you're never going to have to leave your house. You're going to have like weird online relationships where like you put like a VR mask on and you're like fucking some girl in China mm. who's like in a, wearing a VR mask too. And like, <laughs> and she's feeling it probably too. Hun- like, that's crazy. I, please don't don't edit this shit out because this is I don't want to be viewed like this. But this is just like crazy. Like as you think about that shit, it's like that's where our kids are gonna have such a fucked up life. Like at least we got to live in a world where we had like you could go ride a bike, and like your friend was on the pegs, and like yeah. you you used to ride to each other's houses to like call each other's parent like on the the home phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I, I know what you're saying about the fucked up life thing, but it's like. If it's all they know, then it's not fucked up for them. It's like my sister lives in the on the internet, and so does all her friends, and that's the norm. So it feels weird to us. Well, you know what the crazy thing is, man. Like the kid, like the the kids are just dicks sometimes, right? It's like if you're a dick and you're like a bully and you're like fu- like let's say your sister was getting fucked with, right? Like you can't escape that shit on the internet. No, like at school, you. if you were like an asshole and like you got bullied, right? Like you would leave school and like at least you were kind of done, right? Mm-hmm. But like now, like people are fucking getting taunted and it's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of good to the internet, but there's a lot of shit that people are just fucking douchebags. Oh yeah, man. There's, it doesn't end. Cyberbullying is huge. It's like the main cause of suicide. Well, that's the biggest thing. It's like, dude, people, they, I guess the overall mission would be like with the podcast is to just put more positive positivity out there. Like just stop contributing to the, it's like the news makes so much money and it's so, it's so in so captivating because it's so negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, people want almost stuff to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what the news is. It's, yeah. it's there to make you worried. So if you could, if you could replace with your podcast, your show or something like that, if you could make it like a massive mission to just really put people in a point where they can just be tuned into positivity and be engaged with you and really participate in the community. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a valuable mission. If you watch the live episode from the other day, 
while we were live, this Twitch, the, what it allows you to do is people talk to you while you're in it. So I'm like, hey, what's up, Gino? You're in Queens. Oh, all right. You got a question? And then like we, we would talk about the question. That was on the episode that you guys were streaming? Yeah. The, oh, I didn't see that. The te- It's on Twitch. It's a test episode. Twitch.tv. The other day when, when I was watching? No, not the Jesse one. The... Uh, there was one before so that. So on but is is Twitch like for this or is Twitch like just you said Twitch was like video games. So Twitch started off only for video games. And now people are doing this type of stuff live so you can have like that watching you while we're talking and be like oh that was a good point what about this? Exactly Dude, man. Dude, that's epic. They added it used to just be you can only play video games. Now they added this thing called IRL which is in real, real life. life. Yeah, it makes sense. In real life and like chill streams, podcast streams is even a, a thing now. But there's no big podcast on Twitch. That's a goal of mine. And then let me ask you a question too. Not not to interrupt you, but no, you know, after it. we do this for like two hours, right? Like, what does it take? You you have to really listen back to all of this and edit it and mash stuff up and make you have to because nobody's gonna listen two hours of us just bullshitting, right? So how do you then the next step after this is you edit it and condense it and how do you like what's the next step? Um. So have you listened to Joe Rogan podcast ever? Once in a while. I mean, maybe one or two episodes, not like religiously. I apply his um, outlook on the format of the podcast where he doesn't edit anything out. He doesn't take anything out. Like, well, I hope you edit a couple things like the fucking the virtual girl in China type thing. If you want me to take that out, I will. That would be good. Yeah, I'll take that out for it. Well, now I have to take this out. Yeah. <laughs> so what am I even doing? I don't need, what am, All right. Starting now. Okay. All right. 2.13. I will apply my how I think it works with Joe Rogan. He just doesn't edit anything out. He just goes straight for whatever how long and has a real conversation and lives real life. You know, like he smokes a bowl on air. Like he he'll smoke a joint with whoever he's with. If he has to pee, he'll be like, "Hold on, I'll go pee." And it'll be it'll be dead air for twenty seconds, and then it'll come. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, is that just because of laziness, or is that because you just it's what it is? Is it just too much work? Because that would obviously be easier, but... No, I mean, it's easy to edit out. It's like, it, I, I would just search through, see where there's dead air, and c- cut but it But you'd have out. to listen to the entire... You know, if we're on for two and a half hours, you're going to have to listen to two and a half hours worth of podcast. Yeah, yeah no, I don't, I don't listen to the whole thing. I will... The only edits that I'll do to it is I'll, I have a set intro for everyone, so I put the set intro in. Did you record that yourself? Yeah. Because when I was working with my coach, he got his whole thing from like Fiverr, and it was like actually a really cool intro. It's not his voice? No. Oh, no. It's just... He got like some deep voice that sounded like Hollywood almost. It's really cool. You should listen. MWF Motivation Podcast, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. His intro is... I haven't listened to it in a long time because I kind of disconnected from it. But it's his whole thing is like eight to ten minutes of just real motivation, like no BS and just to the point type thing. It's not like an hour and a half where you got to devote a whole day to listen to it. It's like eight ten minutes of just instant to the point, and it's I love the concept. But he made yeah. it very professional. There's all different podcasts, man. There's there's those ones that are set. There's ones like mine where they're freelance, um, basically. Where you want to feel like you're just hanging out with someone and you don't, you're not in it to just, you're not in to get through it. You're in it to just hang out with someone. But don't you have to make it like if you want it to blow up, right? And like, you're not like a Joe Rogan, you're just Joe trying to grow, right? Even when he had, he, when he started his podcast, it was on a webcam in his house on his couch. Yeah, but he, at that point, was Joe Rogan, right? So there was, like, that immediately had that notoriety. I'm saying if you want to scale this, Mm. don't you have to make it, like, somewhat 
more structured or no? It doesn't really I think, matter. I think if I think I have to, then I do, but I don't think I have to. Dude, if you, I mean, yeah. again, there's no right or wrong answer. I'm yeah. just, you know, I'm curious for my own knowledge. I, I feel like for me, being organic and real, I grew up on Howard Stern, listening to him all the time, and that's how it is. Like, I just, being more real, the better. If people, it, so like you how, said before. So how are you going to release this, right? Like, I guess that's my question. You're this not, one, exactly. You're this just not going to put, you're not going to put two and a half hour podcast out, are you? I have. I've had three Really? Hours. Yeah, and people just fucking listen to it? Yeah, dude. You know how, you'll be surprised. Like, the biggest people that listen to podcasts are the ones driving or the people who have jobs where they don't need to interact with people. They can just listen to their podcast the whole day. That's terrible. Who the fuck would do want to do that? I there's a lot of people that have jobs like that, man. Like where oh they're in a God. they're in a cubicle editing. They're or, gonna listen to us for three hours in a fucking cubicle. Man, I I will show you people that do. And it's, okay, listen, and I I believe you. It's just crazy. I I mean, Rogan has three hour podcasts that I've listened to. You know, and Paul. Are you sitting in a cubicle for three hours? No, I don't listen to the full. Th- it, it takes me like three days to get through a podcast. Sure, you know, but it's it it gets listened to. You know, it happens. But don't you feel like if it was like an hour or a half hour, 20 minutes of like just solid content, like if you cut this whole thing up, and I guess that's kind of like the, the, like if you had a team around you, right? And like, let's say you could throw some real yeah. money at this thing, you would do it that way, wouldn't you? Or you still wouldn't? It depends. If I'm be if I have money to throw at it, then I'm going to be live. So I wouldn't be able to do that. What do you mean? You, 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 if I'm live on YouTube doing this right now, I'm not going to be able to edit anything because they're you need, watching it. You need money to, to do it to be like live on. Can't you just put your phone up or a camera up and just do it? I could, but I want the quality to be where it's supposed to be. I want them to hear it how we hear it in our ears right now. And the only thing that the camera quality has to be great. Yeah, you need to have a good camera. You can't be having. So that. I won from Vivint during one of the incentives, like a Nikon camera. So I even have that shit. Yeah, man. I. You're in a better position than I am, okay? Like, you're ready to do this. Like, but you can literally just put it up on, like, a tripod and literally just record this whole thing? Yeah, this thing hooks up to your camera. What about, like, the lapel mic? Like, are you just would use these? I would love that. I wanted to do wireless mics Dude, for a you, while. you, can you give me, like, a shopping list of shit? And That's you're going to be, like, my, my, like, inaugural. Like, I'm, like, now I'm, like, sitting up getting more excited about this. <laughs> like, dude, this is going to happen. For sure, man. I needed to come. And I'm almost like, Danae, I love you, but I'm glad you didn't come. Because like... <laughs> we this wouldn't is, have got into this. No, we wouldn't have. It would have been too much about, you know, the whole thing. So that's why, like, it was almost a blessing when she was like, I couldn't come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, having her by herself will probably be better also. I so agree. I it'll agree. It'll be awesome. But no, I'll come if you want. Um, Sunday, I'm coming. Okay. I will have... I live f- in West Babylon, dude. I'll give you my address <laughs> and let's do it. I'll have a full checklist for you and if... Well, we'll- literally on Amazon, I'll just order everything with you. Let's just do it. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. And then we'll set up... Yeah, the most. The thing that's the most time consuming is setting up how to get you on iTunes. Your logo has to be exactly to there. Ashley can spec it instantly. Okay, yeah. Your logo has to be the perfect size. And then it takes like a week for them to verify you. and like. All but right, you could yeah. still put content out before. You could still ve- record content yeah. before that. All your shit could go on SoundCloud. I just want to be... I want my thing to be more structured. You know what I mean? Like I love this, no, but no. I want it to be like... I, I, I like the preset recording, like to, the intro. Mm-hmm. And then I, I love this conversation back and forth. So I'd like this to be the body of it. Mm-hmm. And then I want like an outro. Yeah. Which all of that stuff can be made through like Fiverr. Uh, what is Fiverr? Because you said you know that what twice. what Fiverr is? No, you told me. So that. Fiverr is you can get like artwork done, website work, voice recordings, F-F-I-V-E-R. Like all that stuff for $5. What? Yeah. 
So, because five bucks in like Indonesia, where they can do the same quality work at some level as like as like a freelance artist, then like they'll do all of it for five dollars. I'm writing this down. Fiverr, yeah. Dude, that you can literally have a guy. You could type out what you want, and you you can go on Fiverr, and it's like voice recordings. You can literally listen to their samples, and you could say, "I like this guy's voice. I want you to read this." And for five bucks, he'll read it, and he'll send it back to you. That's all. That reminds me of the four hour work week. You know, like Tim Ferriss. Yeah. yeah, how he says to outsource everything. Don't, Fiverr. Yeah, yeah, dude, Fiverr. That's part of it. Yeah, dude, that's so good because oh my god, my phone is fucking updating. I just clicked update by accident and it just check it on your computer, dude. It's a little, it's a website. It's not just an app. F F I V E R Fiverr. I know, but I didn't want to do the update. Like I, you know how it says install now, install later. I Whatever. It's not the now. end of the world. Fuck. What's going to happen? You're going to have an updated phone. I don't like it. I don't it like fucks it. Up. Oh shit. I got another email too. So like, all right, Fiverr. Yeah. So we'll set that up. And what I do, the only editing I'll go back to that is you got to take out background noise. So that's real easy. You use Audacity. Um, you add in your intro. You add in your outro. I add in music. So whatever song I feel like applies to the conversation I just had, I'll add a song. And that's pretty much it. I don't do much other editing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's, that's, it. that's so awesome. Yeah, dude. All right. So we'll get to business on that. Fiverr. And I'm sure you'll be able to... Like, think of a way, because I need to, maybe you're right. You know, like, I'm thinking now, like, maybe you're right, like, to grow it. Maybe I do have to do that. I don't know. Maybe I'm second-guessing myself. Because you're, maybe, I don't know. I mean, for me, logically, from thinking from a business perspective, like, if I'm going to put something on in my car and I'm going to attract, like, trying to attract, like, big top talent to it, you know, you're going to have people that are just mad chill, like, that are just like, yeah, absolutely, that's, like, my style and that's what I want to listen to, but... What really attracted me, and again, I feel like I'm a pretty unique person, what attracted me to the guy I ended up linking up with and how I saw his success skyrocket in six months is because most people don't have a long attention span. Mm -hmm. And they would love the fact, and that's what attracted me, is that his whole thing is it's no BS, no fluff. He just gets right to the point, hits his message, and you can listen to it 10 times, and it'll it'll still be less than an hour for most cases. Yeah. It's, is he by himself or is he interviewing? No, by himself. He'll do, he's, he'll do interviews, don't get me wrong, but the biggest, a lot of what he does, and his advice to me, because he knew that I was probably going to cop out on it, was he's like, dude, you need to record like 40 episodes, so you, you can literally just release like, if you want to do two a week, three a week, one a week, you're good for like a year. Yeah. What do you think? Are you, have you thought about that? We'll get into that. I, I wrote out a bunch of topics, right? Like I have it all in my notes. I already know kind of what I wanted to talk about, You're so but sad. I didn't, I just didn't do it. You know what I mean? I just always was like, no, no, I'm too busy with this. And then I just never did it. I can't believe you've gotten this far. And, and I just never did start. it. Yeah. yeah. I never did it. I never pulled the trigger. This is so cool that you're here then. And that I know. And this. that's the thing, dude, because it's like, I, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh dude, you're doing, you, you got this going, you got this going. It's like, yeah, but there's things that I still am afraid to do. There's things that I still haven't pulled the trigger on. Like I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Yeah. You don't think you've reached your potential. Not even close, dude. Not even, I I did well in one industry. Big deal. Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? In the long term, I want to have a massive impact. You know what I mean? Because the more people you help, the better you do. Yeah. Helping people is, is really a selfish act because the person who ends up doing the helping is the person who ends up getting the most back in return. 
That's, yeah, well, yeah, it goes back to what we've been saying the whole show. That's it. Helping people is selfish, mm. and it's it's a strength. It's not a weakness. Asking for help, and people don't recognize that because that's what I tell my guys all the time when they first get into our community. Right, I don't even call it a culture, but it's like you're in part of the community. Right, if you're new to anything, the easiest way to get attention is to just be there, to be present, to post, to ask questions, to sit in the front of the room, to to engage. Right, but people feel like they 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 haven't earned that until they produce or perform at a high level. But the problem is if you wait until that happens, you never get there. Yeah, You need to be the guy where it's like, yeah, I'm new, I don't know anything, mm-hmm. but I wanna learn and I'm gonna make my presence known. And a lot of people are very uncomfortable with that. Intimidated. And maybe yeah. maybe that's what's wrong with you know my mindset towards just pulling the trigger on this is I just need to show up. I need to just be like, I'm here. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fuck up. The same, the, the thing that I started this on was one of the Gary V's. So I had, I had been watching Gary V for like a year straight. Then one of his episodes, he's like, shut this off and go fucking do it. Perfect. And I did that. That's I just awesome. shut it off. <laughs> but how cool is that? And like, you're, you know, hopefully one day you'll have the opportunity to say that to him directly on your fucking podcast. And you know how many people probably fucking say that to him? Like, that must be the most fucking gratifying thing in the world dude i'm wearing your fucking sneakers i fucking want to work for your company and i'm doing this and i want to interview you because i listen to your content every day and you told me to do something and i did it mm-hmm. like yeah. that guy like you could die right there and it's like yep i i changed the world yeah you did you had an impact right right there that's the craziest thing because people the thing that scares me the most is people live their whole lives and they never find out why yeah, what is the reason? Well, what do you think? What's the reason to live? Finding your passion, helping others, connecting, right? Like people live their whole lives in jobs they hate, never finding meaningful relationships, never getting into a relationship, getting divorced five times, mm-hmm. right? Having no connections with their kids, fat, out of shape, poor diet. Mm-hmm. And what the fuck? It steamrolls too. Why? What the fuck did that? Why? Why? What you, you just, what was the point? Yeah. If you pretend we don't live again after this, right? And you have one chance. How are you going to, how is it even an option to live like that? Because it gets away from you. You know what I mean? Like I I have a lot of friends and mentors that are older. It just, it just gets away from you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you don't even realize and then you're gone. And it's like, that was quick. You caught up in the rat race. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because time flies, dude. By the time you realize that you snap your fingers and. You're 60. It's like, holy shit. You would like Alan Watts if you ever listened to anything. Yeah, of course. Oh, you know him? Yeah, he's like the OG motivation guy, dude. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. I never yeah, heard. he's like the OG, dude. He's got His voice is like the iconic <laughs> motivation guy. I love my mom, it. My know. mom went to his seminars as a kid. Oh, my God, bro. Yeah. I he was like the OG Tony Robbins that was like brainwashing people back before that. Yeah, he's brainwashed me. <laughs> he got me. Yeah. Dude, but the message is congruent, right? That's how you know it's real. Mm -hmm. The people that have achieved high, high, high levels of success, they all preach the same shit. Mm -hmm. It's just do it. That's the execution, right? There's books and books and books and podcasts and everything of how to be successful literally step by step, paint by fucking numbers. And people are still failing. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't, that won't work for me. But it's like, dude, there's the secret formula. This guy did it. All you got to do is spend 15 bucks to buy the book, and there's your formula. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Borrow it. You know I, <laughs> I, I said to my guys today, I said, 
how many of you read? Some people raised their hands, some people didn't. I said, okay, how many of you can read? They all raised their hands. I said, okay. So the only difference between those of you that read and those of you that, uh, that can't read, no, I'm sorry. There's no difference between those of you who don't read and those of you who can't read. Yeah. It's, you might as well not be able to read. Because you're not doing it anyway. So what are you doing? You're stuck in your own head. You're a young kid. You don't know how to be successful. And you're not willing to listen or read books or engage with people that have done it. And yet somehow you think you're going to figure it out just by the snap of a finger because you're just here. Yeah. I used to be that, man. I used to think I knew it all. Like I wouldn't take advice from people. It's just you slow down. You know, the other concept Mm -hmm. in today's training was like, dude, there... A lot of people feel like they got to get this machete and start hacking their way through this, you know, un, unpaved road, right? Through this trail in the woods. But yet, three feet over, there's a paved trail with lights and, you know, just there's there's success. Follow the trail. There's so many people who have walked it already. And yet, somehow, you feel the need to go walk through the woods and fucking get ticks and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no need for that. There's a There's a road here. Success leaves clues. It's paid. Follow the trail. Yeah. Just walk down it. Yeah. Like, it's scary. It's quicker. Mm-hmm. It's quicker, right? Like, that's not going to be quick, and that's probably going to hurt a lot. Yeah, man. It's always less scary than you think it's going to be, though. Yeah, you just got to do it, man. Like, right now, my fear is, is, is at a high level because I haven't done it. But I already know, just like knocking the first door and not knowing who's behind it and your heart kind of racing a little bit, that's the scariest feeling you'll have all day. And then after you get past that, you're like, yeah, cool. I just, that was the hurdle that kept me from success. Mm -hmm. You just got to go do it. Another guy, um, Terrence McKenna. Don't know him. He, he, he was around the Allen times, but, uh, he, his famous quote is hurl yourself into the dark abyss and realize it's a feather pillow. Wow. That's freaking powerful. Yeah. That's all it is. That's freaking powerful. Just trust it. And it's, it's soft pillow, man. You know, like you, what's the worst that can happen is nothing. You're back here. You know, like you're just not doing it again. <laughs> that's the worst thing that could happen. That, and, and, and that's, that's the craziest concept too. That, that exact phrase, what's the worst that can happen is, is the reason I've done a lot of the things I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what's the worst that like, right? Like yeah. you go knock on that door and the customer tells you, go fuck yourself. That's literally the worst thing that could happen. The, for you going to Cali, the worst thing that could happen was you come back, and this is where you are. You know that this is the worst thing that could have happened. I, that's really it, right? <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's it's fun, and and it's interesting because I didn't even have the chance to eat dinner before I came here. I'm like, I grabbed a yogurt from my fridge after I go went to go pick up my puppy, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be hungry and this and that. And now it's almost ten o'clock, and I'm not even hungry. It's after ten o'clock, and I'm not even hungry. Holy shit! It's ten. Yo, it's two and a half hours. Oh man. But this that again, just to go back to it, that's how you know you're in a state of flow because it doesn't there's no it doesn't matter, right? It makes it makes me thinking like is time even real? If you're doing what you really love and time doesn't exist for that, is, what is time? Well, that's the it's thing, a man-made like, structure. And before when I was driving here too, one of the senior regionals in my company hit me up. He said, "Hey dude, like we do a we do a, a whole regional podcast uh read podcast. So I'm thinking about it now." We do a whole regional conference call, like in the South region, which is, you know, Maryland, Jersey, Long Island, and, you know, uh, uh, Pennsylvania a little bit. And we do uh, an 8 a.m. call. And they call me like, hey, dude, uh, you, you're getting a lot of traction on the company. Can you do the call for, like, the entire region? 
I'm like, yeah, sure. No big deal. And I was driving here and I'm like, all right, I'm only going to be here like an hour. I'll reach out to the guys after I leave and try and set it up. And now it's 1030 and I have nothing planned for tomorrow at 8 a.m. Oh, my bad. So, <laughs> it, dude, I, but it, it is what it is. I'll, I'll run it. I'm not really too worried about it. But it's uh, it's funny how stuff like that happens because it's just, it just, you know. We got we got a lot in, man. It's we. I feel like we accomplished something. I feel like, I, dude. I truthfully, I, yeah. I, I want to thank you because I feel like from this, I really will. I, I'll go, dude. I have no reason. You know yeah. what I mean? I'll go execute. So it's like I look forward to next year being able to interview somebody and they ask me the same question you asked me about timeline your solar career, timeline how you got into this. And I can say I went on Joe Rizzo's <laughs> podcast and he called me a fucking pussy. <laughs> and I he came to my house two days later and he helped me with everything. And then I literally had no excuse but to network with people and get them on my podcast and then talk. Fuck yeah, man. Don't waste my time. I'm gonna go there and spend a good chunk of my day. Don't fucking waste my time and not that's do it. it. That's it. Dude, that but that's that's what I need. I'm one of those guys where like I don't need like the soft motivation. Mm-hmm. I need you to literally call me a fucking pussy. Bro, you're a pussy. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love dude, for me, like I get off on that because that's like competition, dude. Like tell me mm-hmm. I won't do something and watch mm-hmm. me do it. Uh, like leaving Vivid. Tell me I won't build a bigger company than you here and fucking watch me do it. <laughs> and you have. Oh, uh, dude, it's like, yeah, I know you're watching. And it's like, bro, I love these guys. And I please, if you're listening to this and you're at Vivin and you're you're on Long Island and you know who you are and I love you, don't take that as like, I don't like you. Just understand, like, I'm so proud of the fact that like everybody said it wouldn't happen. And Who's telling you no? Don't say names, but like people were actually saying you're gonna leave and you'll be right back. A hundred, all roads lead back, lead to Vivid. You know how many times I heard that, dude? Nobody will take the market mm. from us. Nobody's gonna do this. Nobody's gonna recruit better than us. Like we're Team Nike now. Like fucking suck my dick. <laughs> Mercedes. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Amazon. I don't give a shit. <laughs> the biggest thing is, dude. Just like with this, there's so many people out there that you know you'll connect with at some level. There's so many homeowners. There's so many people that are, you know, there's 40,000 installs on Long Island. There's 1.1 million PSEG customers between Nassau and Suffolk. It's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, there's enough for everyone to eat. So that's exactly right. So it's like, dude, why wish ill will on anybody? Yeah. Like, it's not, you're, that's never going to help you win. Yeah. What, what do they gain out of it? Like, they look bad, I guess, because you left. So, like, they have to tell you these kind of things. Well, so, that's, like, dude, it's a, it's a cult. <laughs> it's just it, kind it, of it, it, you know like you drank the kool-aid and that's the only reason i succeeded there because i was guzzling it mm. you know like i came into dm meetings and like they gave you the iv of the orange kool-aid and it's like you good you need like a b12 shot of vivant and and it dude it it, it it's amazing because it, it's what you need but there's it doesn't have to be that way yeah i'm sure you're so grateful for what you learned there dude yeah i to this day i i i I heard you say it i think when i was watching on the live stream the other day like you would recommend if you don't know what to do working at like a vivant type company versus going to college oh yeah and that's i feel exactly the same way if it's college or do i get into something like this it's it's not even it's not even it's, it's an easy choice yeah man anything you can learn in college aside from the social skills because you know what the crazy thing is you can take the content from the meetings and you can go execute on it and and it's an instant return right like you go to school for four years maybe longer if you're you're going for a specialization and you don't even fucking know if it's gonna work 
-hmm. and you're spending all this money up front, but you could come to a meeting for free, take a note, learn one way to say something or, or mindset yourself differently and literally go make thousands of dollars that week. Yeah. And then you don't know your potential from there. You don't even know what you where you'll end up going like a year from then. No, you yeah. have no idea. Yeah, man, it's so it's infinite. It's it, it's something that I didn't even know existed. Like I was out of college and I went to a job fair and Jesse was there. Oh, that's it, really? That's how I got into Vivint. Jesse recruited me to at a job fair. At, at what school? Fair. Nassau. No, is it the Marriott Hotel? That's the first time you guys met. Yeah, you didn't know. Oh, yeah, I guess because we didn't really, you know, you and I didn't really hang out in high school, and I kind of met him through. You remember Dan Lorenz? Yeah. So that's how that's how I met Jesse. Oh, Synergy Gym. Dan Lorenz went to Stony Brook University with Jesse. <laughs> Jesse came to Synergy to come lift with Dan, and I was there. And I used to work out with Dan Lorenz all the time because he was a monster. Yeah. Is he still big? I don't know. I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah. And the three of us started working out together, and then me and Jesse just got mad tight, and then we just started hanging out without Dan, and then we just became boys like instantly. Wow. It's so crazy. And. It, the, and that was 10 years ago. That was a decade ago. It's the best thing reflecting back and thinking of those. Well, you stories. don't get to do this often. You know what I mean? Like we're so focused on forward mm-hmm. that sometimes looking back to see where you've come from is just not something you get to do. Yeah, man. This, you know what I mean? You don't really go to dinner and have these type of conversations. I've said it so many times on air, maybe like two or three, actually. The Steve Jobs quote, you can only connect the dots looking back sure you don't know where you're gonna go sure but too many people live there that's mm-hmm. the problem mm-hmm. and you know, the worry. glory days yeah when oh i was the man God. in high school it's yeah. like no yeah no. remember when we wrestled in high school and we won states you know like oh talking that shit <laughs> no there's there's so many different things that are ahead of this that people just need to you just got to focus on it and you just got to be willing to grow and you got to be willing to put yourself out there and you got to be willing to just not know what's going to happen. Right. And as I say this, I'm like, saying you're it's like a hypocrite almost. I know. Yeah. No, we're, we're all hypocrites, bro. Like I, I'm vegan and like I preach health and shit, but I will eat French fries, you know, like, or I'll use this thing, you know, like. It, it's, yeah, but there's it, no meat in the vape pen. <laughs> no, it's vegetable oil, but it's definitely not good for you. No, it's you definitely know? not. So, like, uh, we're all hypocrites in some sort of way. No one's perfect. Sure. But it's cool. That's why we're human. You know, like, that's a great... I like that about us. Yeah, it's just, dude, it, it, this is fun. You know what I mean? Like, this is just... It doesn't... It, it just... It feels like something that would fit really well in my life. Yeah, man. You, you do your meetings. You come home at, like, 2, say... You know, something like that. Two to four even. You know, like... I could even do... The, like, well, like you said, with this thing next to you, I could literally bring it to my office. And I could literally just do it in the office. Yeah. You could do anything, bro. You have... Yeah, you have that setup in the office where you interview people. Yeah. That desk. You, you could do it right there. You have a studio. And we're getting involved with a lot of nonprofits. And we're getting involved with a lot of these big companies that need to raise money. And, and, our, and our programs that we're rolling out through Trinity are going to help these NPOs raise money. And we have them coming into the office and telling us what their mission is and what they're looking at. I could literally just interview the, you know, the the chairmen of these NPOs and different organizations on Long Island. I mean, I there's no I'm around these people on a daily basis. Like you said, you you talk to the owner of Trinity often. Yeah, you can have him on and have. I know you guys do those uh, those uh, Trinity like um, the vlogs. Vi- the vlogs. Yeah. You know, like that could your podcast could be connected with this, and that's the thing. And even even the senior VP of the company, Calabuso, right? He's mm-hmm. twenty six years old, just bought a million dollar house. Like he he's 
literally the most inspiring person, like probably in my life circle right now. Wow. So getting, you know, he would easily do it, talk about his story. Uh, you know, that, that to me is the biggest thing is really just, I, I, I'm, 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 my, my mind is running right now to the point where I could probably have a dozen people that would be like, people would be interested to hear their stories. But the big thing too is marketing it, right? Like getting it out there, telling people what it's about, not just posting it on Facebook. Like there's mm-hmm. gotta be, you know, Facebook ads, there's gotta be Instagram stuff. There's gotta be like, come check this out type stuff. You gotta yeah. invest some money to put it out there. Yeah, that's the point I'm at now. Like uh, after this website's up Saturday, I'm going to do Instagram ads and Facebook ads and uh, get into those and then grow from there. You know, like it's been too long where I, I've gone already too long without you're doing at, you're at You're at the step ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Now it's time as I take the first step, you got to take the second step because mm-hmm. as you keep growing, I just want to copy what you've done. <laughs> well, just show me the roadmap, dude. <laughs> for sure, man. Like, uh, I'm only using the roadmap that Gary V made. So we're using the same map. <laughs> I, I listen to his advice. But for, you're, for, you're, for, you're three steps ahead of me, right? So it's like, I can kind of see the back of your head. I just got to now get on the trail. And, uh, that, that will be motivating to me because I don't want you to get in front of me. Dude, listen, you always need that, you know, Matthew McConaughey, I think said it in one of the awards. I always watch these like gold cast videos and different things. It's like, you always need somebody to look to chase. He said there was like another two people or so I forget, like he's looking up to himself or who he's going to be in five years. And he looks forward to something he looks to, you know, like he has this whole concept that he talks about. And I wish I could illustrate it the way that he said it, but it's, there's, you're always going to be chasing that person that's five years ahead of you. And that's like you, you yourself in five years. You got to chase that person. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You're so it's like, he was like, who's my hero? He's like, me in five years. <laughs> he's like, it's five years later. Did you become your hero? He goes, not even close. I'm the, the, the next five years, the next five years. So it's like he's constantly pushing himself towards that. And I thought that was really cool. That reminds me of uh, Leonardo da Vinci, his quote. Um, he's on his deathbed, right? And um, they're asking him, like, and like looking for his final words that he has for people. Mm-hmm. And he says, I, I still have so much more to learn. That's crazy. And it's fucking Leonardo da Vinci saying that. So if he's saying that. Dude, I'm sure Gary Vee, I'm sure all these top, you know, nobody ever gets to the point where they're just like, yep, I'm. Uh, I'm content. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Made it. Yeah, Tony Robbins, you think he's like, I'm, I'm pretty much set. The crazy thing <laughs> is, dude, and we could talk about these analogies and different things forever, but, you know, it's when I was at when I was at 10X and, you know, they were, he was talking about goals. He's like, I own 5,000 apartments. You know, I, I'm at the point in my life I never thought I would get to. And he's like, the crazy thing is, he's like, the way I view my goals is I'm driving a boat towards land. And like, initially you kind of see it. And then as you get closer to it, you realize it just keeps fucking going. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wow. <laughs> like as you get closer, everything, you realize it's much bigger, but it's still so yeah. far. Yeah. It's like almost like, will we ever achieve the, our, our full goal? Like what, what is the ultimate goal really? Like I can't help everyone on the planet ever. No. So like then... There really is no, I'll never get it, you know? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So you just got to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. You just got to do what you can with what the time you're with the time that you're given. Yeah. That's really just how you wrap up, you know? And then at the end of the day, if you can just, the thing that I love that Gary Vee talks about the most is no regrets, right? If he's like, you want to, you want motivation, go to a nursing home. Yeah. See how, see go talk to somebody that's 80 years old mm-hmm. and go hear, you know, listen to their story. Mm-hmm. everything they wish they could have done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. He's like, his, you're going to die. 
I gotta chill right now. You're that's gonna good. die. Like that's he's like three words of it. Like that some woman found him and you saw that video. Yeah. It's like you got advice for like to, to you're gonna die. Like shit. <laughs> that's fucking no crazy. No thinks of it. No, because it's not real, right? It's like no, nah, I'm not me. Yeah. It's gonna happen. It will. I think this is a good spot to end it. Yeah. I think this is a really good spot. Um, so I like to. I'm pretty sure I know what you're gonna say. But if you had a message, pretend the whole world was listening to you. What do you think is like a, a core message that stands for like what you represent? Basically, you just said it, I guess. Your income will never exceed your habits. You know, I'll mm-hmm. always continue to go back to that, man. Mm-hmm. Your income will never exceed your habits. You know, that, that is the message that I hope I, myself, and... Anybody listening to this really internalizes your income will never exceed your habits. You want to grow, put yourself in a position where you can grow based on how well you develop yourself and just go execute. Don't be stuck in something that you can become the best version of yourself. And what that looks like in your current opportunity is assistant manager of Dollar Tree. Like there's more to life. And it's not about your job or how much money you have, but it's about being part of something that is bigger and allows you to grow because you're willing to make a commitment that most people won't. Fuck yeah. Amen. Even though we're not religious here. Whatever it (laughs) takes, dude. Amen. I'm in. All right, man. I'm excited to get this started with you. Um, Hopefully people listen to the end. This is just 1030 at this point. Well, at at the end, I'm going to use that last, what we just said as like the promo for it. So that'll, everyone will hear that. Oh, dude, that's cool. So you edit that. So you go back, you edit that out and then you, that's like your teaser. Yeah, exactly. So what do you use to edit? Audacity, what I'm what I'm recording on, you edit right from. You got to set me up with all this shit, Hold dude. Down. I'll have the full checklist, bro. bro like. Oh, dude, I'm so grateful. <laughs> Let's dude, do you it. know what's crazy? That I'm, I'm I Instagram that you know the little selfie of us, the dude I was telling you about, Omar, that's interviewing all those people. Yes, he commented an Instagram and uh, DM'd me. What do you say? You're, you're getting started. Look, here's when here's him with Woz, Steve Wozniak. Oh shit, that's Woz. Yeah. Wow, he's gray now. Dude, look at look. Hold on. Ed Milet, guy's worth five hundred million, and he's all over the world too. Like that picture's in like Hawaii. Like, <laughs> oh my god, dude! Well, he lives in Southern California, uh, and uh, shit, hold on. That's awesome, man. Hold on, hold on. Where is the last one? Pro skateboarders, Tom Bill. Here's the guy that's had a the Quest guy, Tom Billio. That's the Quest bars and Mr. Quest, Mr. Quest, and here he's with freaking Tony Robbins. Oh fuck! <laughs> Be, did you didn't get to meet Tony, right? You just no, went there. Yeah. yeah. No. Here's the guy who founded Cheetos. <laughs> the guy was a janitor, and then he founded Cheetos, and he interviewed him. What? I mean, I have so many more questions. Um, maybe we'll talk on your podcast about more. And here was that. him and Grant Cardone and his wife in a Malibu mansion doing the interview. Oh my! Oh, so they have the on they the on body mics, the wireless yeah. mics, yeah. That's where that's that's the move, bro. That's the move, dude. I'll spend the money. Let's just do it, dude. I gotta commit financially, and then I'll get. I'll I'll be good. Here's Impact Theory. That's what I was telling you about. Yeah, that looks. That's a nice set. See, like I need to get a fucking set. He I has all of his going. employees that are part of the. Uh, here's him and freaking Les Brown. 
I love Les Brown. Dude, this kid blew up, man. I'm telling you, this kid. We we have we in our generation right now. It's just game over. I save all the uh, my favorite motivations, and uh, Les Brown is at the core of it. He has like three of them that I love, that I'll listen to periodically. It's just, dude, and the passion of you. I like I like the name too. You know what I mean? Like, and he has everybody wrap up with. Hey, I'm Joe Rizzo, and I'm one of the passionate few. Oh. Like, dude, that's like, that's cool. a cool outro. It's that's like, very cool. You know what I mean? Like, you got to market your brand, mm-hmm. right? Like, if that's the thing. Like, these conversations are dope, but I feel like, and again, I'm giving you advice and not even fucking doing it myself, but I feel like to really scale, you have to be like, it has to be marketable. Like, you got a cool name, the weekly sit down, but it's like, market that mm-hmm. somehow. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's going to be certain... Maybe after I'm done helping you, we could figure out some stuff for there's me. There's so... Like, like, dude, buy Gary Vee's most recent book, Crushing It. It's all mm-hmm. about like Instagram marketing and influencer yeah. marketing and stuff like that too. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that'll give you and I, as we go down this road, uh, a whole new concept on how to do certain things. I'm excited to get on the road, bro. <laughs> Gotta just do it, dude. I, th- I think you helping me, because the, the biggest thing you need in life is somebody to mentor and you need to be a mentee. And you need somebody to mentor you, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can mentor me in this process and then we can kind of do this together and I'll be your mentee and it'll force you to kind of grow so you can continue to educate me. And I, I, I need to take some of your advice. That's what I'm thinking. We, right we'll now. just go through it together, bro. There's yeah. things that I have strengths with. There's things that you obviously have strengths with because you're ahead of me in this game and we just need to kind of do it. And at the end of the day, you know, if we can kind of combine every once in a while and, you know, maybe we get a high level interview or something like that. Like, it's cool that you just do this with your boys. Mm hmm. But well, like, it's not only my voice. You, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of it is kind of just chill. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think that's awesome. Uh, but maybe more like structured questions. Yeah. You know, maybe more. And I'm like kind of like what you did with the guy, the science guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, don't, we'll get into it. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna come prepared. Yeah, dude. Let's we'll do it. it. I'm I'm fucking excited to rock this. It's 10:30. But yeah, yeah dude, that's let's awesome. Do it. All right, thank you for coming on, Brett Goldstein. Dude, my pleasure, man. This was a lot of fun. It really uh, it opened my eyes to a whole different thing, and uh, for sure, man, I'm excited. I just I need to find that balance because my thing is if, when I get into something, bro, I'm so invested. I'm like I'm so all in. I think the fear, if I can make one more excuse, the fear that I've had with this so far is that I'm I'm so focused on what I'm doing on a day to day basis that removing any of that mental focus and putting it into this, I feel like I think it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna take a lot more for me than it might. That I'm, gonna, a feather pillow, that I'm gonna fall off the full focus that I have on this. I need to learn to kind of diversify my attention a little bit and not lose that passion. I think you can do it. I think so too. That was my <laughs> last excuse. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, have a good day. Dude, that was awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope the show made your day a little better. If you enjoyed it, I ask if you could take a couple minutes and please subscribe, leave a review and a rating. It helps so much more than you know. If you want to contact us, go to weeklysitdown.com and connect. And remember, guys, follow your fucking dreams.